I like bowling alley pizza. It's just so good. I'd be all over these libraries. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. Must be dead. Is this a dead man, Duck? What are you watching? Naked pictures of Don Vito over yeah. there? Yeah, Mike, I'm going to start the show. <laughs> you got you to pay attention, Mike. I'm going to start the show now. You understand? Yeah, uh, just talking to Johnny. All right, cool. Well, uh, yes, I think Johnny Sins has agreed to come on several uh, hundred of our episodes moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Roast Mortem. <laughs> Um, yeah, just, hey. Yeah, the, the show that's perpetually waiting for Johnny Sins to join us. On, I am Tom. I'm Travis. Please join. I will be your uh, eager Cody for this evening. And I'm Mike. He even does it in person. <laughs> it's pretty good. I, mean, I, thought that, I thought that was pretty... Uh, that was better than the other time. You don't want to run on sentence. Yeah. You got to have end it with an and. I know. I guess. Guys, I, I'm going to be up and down all night. I got energy. What's that? That's coming in, creeping in, and then energy All leading. Right. So I'm gonna be doing a lot of dynamic stuff tonight. Just get ready, everyone. Get I like, like this. You might have modulated to... Tom. Yeah, I want Boston Dynamics to turn me into one of those creepy robots. You don't need. They don't turn human. Those those robots didn't start as a human. They just made you're... the robot. Cody, you don't know that. How you know you're not in a uh... simulation seventy years from now? In the future, we don't know. Exactly. You don't know that, dude. This is too deep. We just started the episode, and now we're bringing in these deep concepts. This is like Harvard discussions that we need to talk about once they're far into the episode. We hooked them. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, how was everyone's week? Were you guys yeah. getting more scientific? Do you get like any PhDs, CHDs, PhDs? How was your simulation week? Yeah. Uh, my my simulation was broken this week. Let me tell. You, well, Saturday it was broken. So I wanted to, I had a hard work week, like a, a lot of people have. Mm-hmm, it's not, of not bragging. You know, I work, I work, uh, yes, I work harder than everyone. Um, yeah, of course. You know, I read things backwards. I got to decode. Uh, anyway, I was like, me and Gab are like, we're going to go to the beach. So we were going to go to Robert <laughs> Moses. Robbie. To go unwind. So Mike, this is kind of directed at you. Yeah. Formal complaint about the South Shore people. Okay. Oh shit! It's going down. I'm all about it. I get there and uh, they're like, "No, we're just not doing any more people on the beach." Corona. No people. Oh yeah, limits, right? Yeah, you gotta be there early. So now I'm in a line that's not moving for forty-five minutes. Sounds like the our beach. friends are on the beach. I'm just sitting there, so I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna use my 1999 Jeep Wrangler to cut over this median and go to the North Shore." Wow, where they have real beaches because it's like a real grit. You know, it's real grit. Yeah. Yeah, your feet really get cut up walking those beaches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, not you pussies down on the South Shore. That, oh, we have the soft sand. Yeah, baby food <laughs> sand. That's what they have down oh, there. Oh, I like that. Sand's really very do. hot down there. I don't like it. It's hot here too, except it's also th- the size of teeth, so oh. it hurts. Um, it's it probably is character. teeth yeah. that washes up from Jersey. Right. No, there was a few years ago. There was a hand that washed up in Huntington Bay. So you know. Well, <laughs> it might as well have been my brain. So anyway, we get there, we get to West Neck Beach in Lloyd Harbor, and our friends who decided to join us from Robert Moses, they're driving, getting up there. All of a sudden, Lloyd Harbor has a private 
police force, which does nothing but hand out tickets and give each other hand jobs. Yeah. Um, they stopped me one time getting a hand job. Oh, nice. See, that's that's yeah. what they do. They just fun ruiner. So anyway, they <laughs> they set up a barricade and to prevent COVID from the parks, if you weren't a resident, you'd have to go away. <laughs> so then I, I'm at the beach. I'm with Gab. I have to go pick up our friends. Because I am a I'm not a resident of Lloyd Harbor, but I bought the sticker. Ah. So what I'm trying to get at is that I left the house at 1020 on Saturday morning and I got to the beach uh-huh. at 330. <laughs> That's why you never go to the beach, Tom. Yeah, it was a nightmare. So I'm it was I got really drunk and then I talked politics and then her friends, uh, Gabby's friends don't like me anymore. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> to, uh, Mike, were you skateboarding at the beach this weekend? Yeah, in, we skateboarding in the sand? beaches. No, yeah. I got, got fucked by a ledge. Oh shit! Go on. Allegedly. No, it was. Oh. It, it was uh, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but okay. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I got a uh, fell on my ass in a, on a metal ledge, and uh, it's not fun. My ass hurts really bad right now. You're sitting weird. Yeah. I can see. I feel I'm yeah. in a lot of pain. As a skateboarder, do you like before you do a ledge? Do you play, pray to Anthony Hawk? And you're like, dear Anthony, uh, I should have that time. Yeah, I could have used it. Oh, you didn't sacrifice your standard goat, did you? No, I didn't. You know what it is? Uh, whack. That's the mortal. It's like your best friend, and it's your mortal enemy. Mike, you really need to do. I feel like for our patrons, you should do like a skate. How to skate video? Like how to fall on your ass and yeah, be you got it. For all your how fights. to how to get smooth. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, how to, how to in, injure yourself. I'll make a, a good tutorial. Video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I made a rough cut of that uh, the day in the life video, but uh. Oh yeah, we 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 have a video we're working on now. Everyone, oh, yeah, you, it's, it's for nice. the Patreon. So oh, if you're not oh, if you're cheap you, ass you should, and you're on a Patreon, you then... should mail. You should mail scabs you get from like. Eating shit, Mike, to our patrons. I can do that. <laughs> I got a lot of them. <laughs> That's a biohazard. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's put that in the mail. Yeah. 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 I'll do it. Cody, this is a pretty monumentous week for you. Why? Why is that? Uh, it, the shit liquor is brewing in your anus. This is the first beer I've been cracking on this podcast for a year. Ready? Quiet. Oh, yes. Baby. Cheers. This oh baby I a triple recently made and immediately ended a year of sobriety for uh, reasons I'll talk about to our patrons uh, soon. But cheers, boys! I'm back on the sauce. Hell oh yeah! We, thanks for your service, Cody. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, my community service. What? No, I didn't say that. Well, I did. But uh, <laughs> anyway, it wasn't uh, your community, fucker. So how are you feeling now? Just describe the feeling. You don't have to get into detail. It feels like the blood in my veins is back to normal. Coagulated. It's not coagulated. Just, a little alcoholic. Uh, not a little alcoholic. Just um, it's it, it's got a little bit more um jazz in the rhythm and the pulse. You know what I mean? It's got like that offset like. Dun, 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 that's dun, heart dun, arrhythmia, dun, dun. Cody. Arrhythmia, thank you. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. <laughs> that's to that's swing. And and uh, as a as a friend of Cody's, I gotta say, uh, you need as much rhythm as you can get. Thank you. 
Yes. <laughs> it's uh, required. Got that Asianese blood that fucks me up. Yep. Um, well, congratulations, Cody. Yeah, congrats. Travis, yeah. I feel like I need to turn a new leaf. I've been skipping over how was your week for you especially, because I hate the question, but now it's it's finally warming up to me. So I would like to um, acknowledge the fact, boldface, that I, I haven't been fair to you. And Thanks, then Tom. And then continue to not be fair to you. <laughs> like What's going on this week, guys? Uh, what What are we doing? No! <laughs> I got stuff to talk about. I'm important too. Oh my god, he's peeking. <laughs> oh, I gotta be, be careful. I gotta be careful because uh, so I've been my lease is up, and oh. I'm I'm looking for a more Portland experience. I've been apartment hunting. Oh, oh. you got a tent? Uh, yes, a tent. <laughs> we we got a tent. We went to Dick's. Uh, no, so we were looking around for apartments and. Found a uh, this really old, like spooky uh, apartment. It's from like 1905. Probably has rats. Hey. Um, but it's got one we'll of those old school elevators, like that, like you know, like yeah, the chain. The, yeah, the, oh, yeah cool. the fucking the crosshatch thing. So I'm really jazzed about that. Going to be moving into some old haunted house uh, that's in a cooler part of Portland. Got an elevator uh, inside of it? Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it also has one of those old school phones, like the ones Ooh, with the rotary? receiver that's separate. Oh, no, like, yeah. And it actually works. Oh. Like, when you, not to make calls, but if you like, it's linked down to the front door. So like you get a pizza and you're like, hello, sir. Yes, the pizza's up here. Bring it hither. Yeah. <laughs> the sound quality is like, you just sound like a duck talking through one of those. <laughs> like, got to write, write that into Domino's because I know that's where you're ordering from. Uh, yeah, just bring it to the apartment with the duck talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's that. And I also got adventurous and I did a foot peel. Foot peel. Oh, cool. Did yeah. you record it? I got some pictures. It's not as interesting as you'd think because it doesn't happen for like five days. I was going to record it, but it's like hmm. you just put bags on your feet and then all of a sudden shit starts to peel in like five oh. days. Why would you, you want to do bags that? bags on your feet for five days? Are you, no. Are you trying to erase the fact that you're from the North Shore of Long Island and you've been walking on <laughs> teeth sand your whole life? <laughs> no. Well, the, the name of the product was men, men's baby feet. And I want more baby. <laughs> that sounds slightly pedophilic. You are a baby. You are the most babyish <laughs> man I know. You even uh, have a, uh, you even have a uh, a babyish giggle that's somewhat pitched down. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, Tom does that in post. Yeah, I love when you put me on the swing, Tom, and I go wee wee. Uh, then we get arrested. Time. <laughs> yeah, because you were on the playground without a child. That's why. That's why Cody is, hasn't been able to drink. So, what baby have you been researching this week, Cody? Oh, we've been researching Hella Mama's boy this week. We got on the chopping slab the one, the only Andrew Carnegie, industrial tycoon, Mama's boy that literally broke the union's back. Nice. That guy. Uh, remember him? You learned about him a little bit in the fourth grade. Yeah. So I feel like most people probably know this dude as Carnegie Hall, where they say, if you can't make music, you got to go to Carnegie Hall, because there they have hot dogs outside. They do. 
It's New York. It just rains hot dogs. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I have a friend who works, uh, who did work at Carnegie Hall for a long time. Yeah. And um, for the longest time, I was under the impression, uh, sorry for this tangent, Cody, but for Do the longest up. time, I was under the impression that uh, musicians that pay- played there got paid well. But no, they just own one tuxedo or dress and eat pizza before they go on there because they're getting $35,000 a year because uh, that's what music is. I thought it was just death metal, but apparently everyone's poor. That's really disappointing. I always saw we had little baby Mozarts that were making millions of dollars playing there. No, nah, the cello. No, no, no. M- music is for modern day numbskulls. Wait, are you saying that Yo-Yo Ma works part-time at a Taco Bell? Of course. Uh, it's you don't? A, well, it's a Panda Express. I, I don't know why. <laughs> That's weird. No, it's Fusion, dude. Yo-Yo Ma. I love playing. <laughs> I love when I get it to uh, fucking Quesarito and Yo-Yo Ma's playing his cello. Yeah, I love Quesarito. <laughs> <laughs> this is a award-winning Quesarito. Oh, I'm hungry now. <laughs> yes. All right, so I'm sorry about that tangent, but uh, fun. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. Carnegie Hall. Right, that's how I know. And- <laughs> Andrew Carnegie, the man that changed the landscape of American labor. I like to think Andrew Carnegie is um, DC Comics' Bane shattering the back of Batman. Remember that? It's good stuff. That, that's what he does. That's what he did to the unions. He like, he like Bruce Wayne. Cody, I'm sorry to cut you off, but do you by any chance have another metaphor? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I'm, Tom... I'm sure you have a wrestling metaphor, maybe like the fall of man. Um, like Andrew Carnegie, like was John Cena. Who was it? Johnny uh, he was he was Andrew Carnegie was the technician the behind the rope that uh, broke, uh, holding up Owen Hart. There you go. Oh yeah, Owen Hart. There you go. So we got wrestling and uh, DC Comics, which actually stands for Detective Comics Comics. I also learned this week. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. Oh, really no. Bad. Before Andrew Carnegie, back in the good old days, a worker owned his job. That's why we still use the phrase, I have a job. A podcaster is my profession. It's why there's possessives in favor of the laborer. But because of this fucker, that's not the case anymore. The job is owned by the fucking. Man, yeah, but you—he is you the man. Say, he's the—he's the first man. He's God the first damn it, man. God. But you still say I have a job. That's just some—it's uh, a leftover. It's yeah, that's just, that's just to make you feel better when Old Navy tells you, "Sorry, we gotta let you go. It's your <laughs> job." But uh, yeah, yeah, I have a job, but it can be taken away at any moment. Just yeah. like I have yes. air, and I could be uh, deprived of that at any time. Legally. Back in the day, laborers owned their own business space and tools. When a blacksmith put shit into a furnace, that was his furnace. So if he ever got fired, that furnace is still his. That space where he smelts is still his. But nowadays, when you get fired, you lose your furnace. You lose your goddamn space to put shit in the furnace. It's a piece of shit. Unless if you're John Sins. Yeah. You don't lose your tool. Well, if you're John Sins, you're just a man in your own right. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't no one taking your dick away. You're not really working anyway. You're just providing um, inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) Hero. Sometimes that's work, Tom. Uh, It's not if you love what you do. If you love, if you like. (laughs) That'd be hilarious if if you you hated pussy. If you like having sex with five blondes at a time, uh,. You can never call that work. Let's put it that way. If you really enjoy that. It's stressful. <laughs> you got to perform well. I'd be like, oh, shit. 
Well, that's why he's the best. Anyway. I gotta take notes on him. All right, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) All right, one of the first things I want to say about Andrew Carnegie is we've all been mispronouncing his name. We've been splitting the syllables up weird. It's not Carnegie. It's Carnegie. Doesn't sound as good. It doesn't sound as good, which is why everyone refuses to pronounce it the right way. Carnegie. Yeah, that sounds... Carnegie. His his childhood nickname was Neg. No racist jokes there. Never. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And that's the other thing I want to joke about right now is race. Well, Everyone- I'm just, I'm just before we move on, I, you guys have all been mispronouncing my name the entire time because Tom doesn't even care about how, what I, how I live and what I, I, don't, do. I don't. No, I don't. How do you, how do you say your fucking name? It's Travis. 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 And you guys always, you don't even notice. Every Trav- time I introduce myself, you don't even notice. I say, I'm Travis. Sorry, Travis. This is I kind of f- want to like make oh. some wacky <laughs> gentleman's bet with you, where you have to introduce yourself like that for the rest of the year. <laughs> this is my friend, Big Bearded Baby. <laughs> I'm not baby. So, oh, you're Carnegie. cute as a button. Travis hungry. Travis needs more Bud Light seltzer. Hmm. Carnegie. And I hate saying that, so we're just going to call this fucker Andy for the entire episode, all right? All right. Andy. And secondly, I wanted to talk about uh, race issues. Everyone pegs this guy as, like, this shining American industrialist. He's not American. He's a fucking Scot. All right? So, it's Carnegie, the Scottish guy, not American. There you go. Did he have a brug? A what? A brug. I don't know what that is. A Scottish brogue. The accent. Is that a cigarette? Play the accent. Yeah, yeah, brogue. Yeah, fucking accent. You better believe it. He's a Scot. All right. <laughs> All right. We're getting into it. Bornt, November 25th, 1835, Dunfermline, Scotland. I think I said that right. Dunfermline? Dunfermline, Scotland. Throughout his childhood, Andy believed he'd follow in his father's footsteps and become a weaver. You know. Plaid guy, plaid making guy. It's important in Scotland. Oh, cool. That's how you hide your nuts. That's a cool job. That is a cool job. Making flannels and stuff. Well, it's a cool job until um, the steam powered looms were invented. Oh. Which happened in about 1847. Put a bunch of weavers out of business. And also, when you had to clean the plaid that has been next to Scott's nutsack, it's probably not, it's not a dirty job. It turns from a fun job making plaid. Yeah. Then you got that Scottish ball sweat. You got yeah, jobs a job. You gotta do. You gotta do. Mike Rowe had an episode on that. I think. I'm um, um, on dirty ball plaid. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's like you know. I always want to do what my dad's doing. He makes plaid, and then all of a sudden, Urban Outfitters in, is invented, and we're all out of a job. Hot. Funny how that I works, right? Yeah. Okay. So with the advent of steam-powered looms in 1847, put a bunch of weavers out of work, including uh, Andy's papa. So Andy's mumsy dearest named Marge had to step up when uh, the daddykins went broke and <clears throat> oh, beer burps. Awesome. That's been so long. Wait, are, um, do, she do you took mean a that, business. that his lousy dad didn't go all fucking John Henry and try to out fucking loom? No, like you can't out loom, man. It, that's one of the things you can't do. Just dying uh, on, a piece of, on, on a pair of bro shorts. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <it was> worth- <laughs> so, Andy's I will make this do... jug drug rug faster than any mechanical man. <laughs> Hand me my hammer. What? 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> the mother had to do shoe mending to uh, pick up the slack that Daddykins was uh, letting through the cracks. Isn't there a stupid name for that? Cobbler. Cobblers. That's Cobbler. A, that's a food. <laughs> that's a food. You're not uh, wrong. Andy's mother is a monster. Like, even though she's helping the family, she's wealth hungry. She's greedy. Uh, she aspires to live on the rich side of the town, Dunfermline, uh, where the posh shopkeepers live. Status is very, 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 very important to her. And her oh, husband not... Her husband not... Yeah, she's very shallow. Her husband resorting to asking for work is a very shameful thing for her. Really? Yeah, she hates it. She's just like, we should be on the rich side of the town. Why the fuck am I... Uh, Patching up uh, shoe holes, right? For so you. It's, it's like a backwards version of Jack Black's Shallow How. There you go, classic it, uh, movie. It, yeah, deepest How, bitchy Marge. Um, but this is that's like a, a lot of women are like that, you know. Yes, men especially are, back in the day, men have certain expectations that are unrealistic. Women have even more. That's one of them. <laughs> there you go. That's Most fine. of the men's expectations, though, can be fixed with plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> or or pornography or, in general VR yeah. Yeah. it can be subdued yeah, more easily <laughs> evolution of the fittest anyway uh, Andy's mother's motto is look after the pennies and the pounds will look after themselves so like that's Ooh. something Andy remembers from his childhood and if one of your fucking like childhood nursery rhymes to your children is about money you're probably not the greatest parent in the world I wish my parents told me about money early on. I just told you, Mike, that they're probably not great parents. <laughs> I'd be a millionaire, probably, maybe. I'd be a shitty person. But you'd be but a fuck, horrible be... millionaire like our subject tonight. Yeah, but I could be hanging out our with Johnny su- Sins with all that money. Yeah, Mike, yeah. would you really give up this right, lifestyle of coming to our shared <laughs> studio? Yeah, I could, bring five, I could have five girls and Johnny Sins here right now if I had that money. Would he brings up a good me? point. Yeah, yeah, I'd bring his two, I mean, yeah. three and a half for you, two for me. Thank you. Wow, you're very generous. Do that. That doesn't equal <laughs> five, Mike. <laughs> Wait, where's the other? What's the half? Where's the half going? <laughs> That's do you really an amputee porn tonight, <laughs> Mike? <laughs> no, just yeah. really, really big tits. Yeah. Or a midget. Uh, is there a, a midget third, in there? No, it's a third tit. My goodness. Why this is that half a woman? This, this, this is just a boys' club now. It's become a boys' club. Yeah, we're a bunch of lads here. We are boys, but we have well, a lot I, of lady listeners, and we love them dearly. So I let's keep them in mind and move along, because <laughs> that's mm. what women. Another thing they want, just move along. You know. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of women and what they want, uh, mommy dearest is just like, fuck this. We can't make any money in Scotland. Goddamn steam-powered looms. Let's go to America, where the streets are paved with gold. Yeah, doesn't that sound good? The didn't they that. actually? Didn't they actually think that in like in New York that they're like the streets let's, were paved with gold? Let's go over how stupid this this <laughs> misconception is. Because even if that was true, gold would be used like the inflation would render gold invaluable. Yeah, you know, covered in piss and shit probably too. Yeah, well, yes, garbage. that Mike. And, the, and and this shitty thinking is is cropping up today again when people are talking about mining asteroids you know what i mean like i read like a buzz i saw a buzzfeed article that was just like uh asteroid discovered made entirely of platinum could make everyone on planet a billionaire and it's just like (laughs) that everything that's that's never how money works yeah no then you just have a fuck ton of platinum and we're like i don't know you just like this happened 
Hey, yeah, you yeah, history. A or some shit, you know? You this fucking... happened... Yeah. This happened in history already, where a very precious metal suddenly became super, like, abundant. Does anyone know what the metal was? Ooh. Uh, what is it, Mike? Copper. Not copper. No. Silver. No. Aluminum. Fuck. Oh. Kings oh, you mean- used to make... Kings used to have cutlery, like, made out of aluminum for, like, buckets of gold. You mean to, like, aluminium? Metalsmith. Aluminium. Shut I don't up, care, Travis. put an extra vowel in there. <laughs> but, like, that used to be, like, shit kings would make plates and forks out of until, like, one fucking nerd, like, made a process to do it on the cheap. And now aluminum is, Standard. you know, packaging so, natty light. It's sold yeah, no. on the roll by goddamn Crasdale. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so you, like, like uh, excuse me, fella, are you too fat to finish off seven cans of SpaghettiOs? Put aluminum foil. foil over it. Save it for later. <laughs> Put it in the microwave. Yeah. N- yeah. Don't. So, you're not supposed to store shit in cans. I didn't know that, but I've been eating olives out of the can right now. Anyway, that's a tangent. That's what you call a tangent, Tom. That's a real tangent. I was going to make a tangent a- on top of the tangent about aluminum. <laughs> Yeah. One more uh, tangent, we'd be right back on track. I anyway. was going to bring a tangent that was back into the uh, America thing, which is I always thought that the streets were made of cheese because I like mice movies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Pineful. Cody. What was your favorite? Great guy. Stuart Little. <laughs> I like right. Flushed Away. <laughs> Rat Tattooey, dog. There you go. There's a lot of movies about mice. Yeah, man. If you give him a cookie, he's going to. Probably have sex with your wife when you're not home. <laughs> yeah, M- mice, man's best friend. Yeah, there's Mickey. He's Cody. Weird. I'm sorry. This has been an abrasive tangent. It's, yeah, uh, it's good. I'm uh, sorry. Talking about eating olives. Keep talking. The Carnegie family arrived in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's a steel city. There you go. And this is after Marge, the mother, sold everything, auctioned, mind you, everything in their house, and borrowed the last twenty pounds for safe passage into America. So it was dire. She was like, we gotta get to, gotta get to America. Come on. And Pittsburgh, it's an already well-known industrialized steelworking hotspot. Everything was sooted up from the smokestacks, and the river was likened to that of a stream of slime. So, it's gross. Ooh. That sounds delicious. Not the shining landscape of uh, opportunity the Carnegie's envisioned on that, what I assume is a four-month uh, sailing from uh, over the Atlantic. Before we had like I'm I'm not like an eco hippie or anything, but before we had like environmental protection, shit was nasty. Like literally, oh, we're getting like, into the, that. The dude. Hudson River would like light on fire because there was so much oil in it. We're talking about flaming rivers tonight. This yes! is good history predicting. Wow, yeah. Travis taking my job. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Tom, uh, beat I'm you. Gonna, I'm just gonna text Johnny Sins. <laughs> Tell him to cancel. Travis being a Travis I'm gonna. I'm just gonna make fun of all the time. Uh, Tom, I beat you. Sorry, returning that shrimp platter I'm sending your way. Uh, well, stalemate, sir. <laughs> anyway, wow, that's an ultimate dick move. Like sending a shrimp platter through like the slowest mail goes, <laughs> <laughs> and then putting it on hold via FedEx or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah is it there yet? No, just hold it in Denver. Let's sit for two months. <laughs> there you go. So the name of the neighborhood they moved into is I shit you not Slab Town. Sounds sounds good. Sounds hey, there's, scenic. There's a Slab Town in Portland too. That's kind of where slab I'm moving. Town. Slab City. Oh, yes. you enjoy. Uh, slab Town and their first landlady was uh, Andy's auntie. 
So it's like, oh, family is your landlord, land person. Uh, easy, but like that's the kind of like cheap skatery they had to uh, abide by to survive. That's that's fine. No judgment. It there. is fine, but it's just like these are the lengths it took to survive in like industrial town America at this time. Your boy Andy dropped out of school at the fourth grade. Fuck that. No school needed. And he started uh, manning the boilers of a textile industry. Oh, what a boss. He's, he's the little guy just shoveling coal into the boilers like, yeah, let's do it. Holy that's, shit. That's definitely something we take for granted now. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I haven't paid any attention to my boiler in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, how much coal have you put in your boiler? Actually, none. That sounds there so dirty. Go. That sounds yeah. so dirty, guys. <laughs> Yeah. This is a clean show. This is a clean show for children. Yeah. And you're talking about how much coal did you put in your boiler? That's disgusting. Hey, keep it PG, guys. Come on. Travis, how do you think those Never. baby baths that you take get so warm and pleasant? Uh, I sure know that it's not from putting coal in the boiler. It's from chipmunks on a wheel finding cheese <laughs> under my rug and running really fast <laughs> and making static electricity. <laughs> so Tom, steps short of check, that makes hot checkmate, Cody, checkmate, science, checkmate. I got nothing. I think he's on. I, I think he's on to something. Uh, we're almost a science podcast now. Yeah, watch out, right. watch out, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I know your podcast was broadcast. We're going to be on CNN and HBO and Fox News. He's still talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was what you say. I would immediately <laughs> award the title of best podcast to any podcast that gets Neil and Johnny Sins in the same room at the same time. Wouldn't that be wacky as shit? That would be one of the coolest porns ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if Joe Rogan or us got those two in the same room together. All right, Cody, what are we so we're in Slabtown? Slabtown Carnegie. and he's manning boilers. He's like one of those rugged eighteen fifties kids. Just like I don't need no pension. I'm fucking eight. <laughs> and you know what I mean he he worked really hard shoveling coal into these boilers to the point where like it stressed out his psyche and he used oh to have God. nightmares he used to have nightmares where the central haunting figure was like the, the, the pressure meter on the boils dude boils, boilers that's Kevin McAllister yeah the boiler he was scared as fuck yeah yeah bandit fuck yeah, boilers so maybe that was taken from Carnegie you know, these nightmares where you watch the needle hit I don't the red think field so, Cody. I don't, I don't, explode. I honestly don't think that that was taken from Carnegie. I don't think they did right, the research. Okay. <laughs> so, Andy is a boiler boy, but it's not long until something called tamed lightning and telegrams arrive on the scene. Electricity's been invented and commercialized, so he's got that going for him now. And he finds employment as a telegraph messenger aged 14. That's cool. Oh, it's like yeah. John Brinkley. There you go. And uh, just to help with his brown nosery, Carnegie like made a mental Rolodex of the rich fucks on his telegraph route. You know what I mean? He's like, you know, you put the name to the face and would never forget it. So he's, he's the kind of kid that's just like, good day to you, Mr. Smith. Sharp tie, Mr. Jones. That kind of like, he's you got know, spunk. small dick energy shit. It's spunk, well, but he's also brown nosing, Mike. You know. Well, I mean? yeah, and Mister Jones would be like, "What's today's paper, kid? Uh, would you like to see my roll?" Oh God, my roll is very long. No, would I can't like come in. I, I can't come in, Mister. I got to get down there to Mister Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he tips well. Uh, one day, a message delivery was required for your boy Andy to hop on a steamboat. So it's like, okay, this one's on a little further down the river. Can't walk that one, and. 
whilst on the steamboat, uh, he found a third-class passenger with a familiar face. He was a weaver. It was Andy's papa that had fallen off the map because he was too busy job hunting still. Oh, his, wow. his dad just been like loose on the oh, wild. He's been loose. He's like, I'm gonna go find a job. by. and then Andy, like you know, Andy steps up as the breadwinner, finds his job, okay. and sees his deadbeat dad just like you know, unshaven, like still trying to like make it as a weaver, even though technology has killed that position many years for many years. And yeah. it was a sad, monumental moment as Andy's father came up to him and, in a very weak voice, croaked. Andy, I'm proud of you. And then immediately died. Not on the steamship, not immediately. But <laughs> <laughs> later, like, Andy's dad only lived seven years into, um, in, into after, after coming to America. He only made it seven years, so, like, his mother was probably pissed. Like, well, I mean, it, coming to America was, what, 1989? So that's pretty... That's not bad, 1995? No. <laughs> the movie, maybe, asshole. <laughs> And Andrew Carnegie's dad was an African prince. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great movie. I love that movie. Oh, yeah. John, John Amos is one of my favorite actors of all time. So, you know, dad washed up, unemployed, dies unceremoniously out of the picture. The young Andy would soon have his father figure void filled with a man called Thomas A. Scott. Might sound a little familiar. Uh, he's the superintendent of the Western Railroad, so he's a big wig. You know oh, what I mean? shit. Yeah. So it, 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 he was one of the clients on Andy's messenger route, so it seems like the brown nosing finally fucking paid off for Andy. Are you telling, me, are you telling me that uh, he was the choo-choo man? He was a choo-choo man. He was a big a choo-choo man. He's not the choo-choo man. He's the choo-choo man of the Western Railroad. Okay, because I've seen the choo-choo man... You you look into the mirror at night when you're home alone. You have you turn to be around naked. Three times. You have to be naked, and you say, "Choo choo man, choo choo man, choo choo man, give me Snickers." I'm gonna try that later. And he, co- he comes out of the mirror and, and he, he gives you a you Reese's in the private. He, bar- he borrows you your he, he borrows your girlfriend's hair dryer. <laughs> gives uh, it back all scummy and short. Yeah, it's out. weird, sticky on the hand. Just go get a new one, really. <laughs> Yeah. He's kind of just, it's just an inconvenience, really. The choo choo. Really? Should have mm-hmm. bought you a fresh one. Anyway, uh, Thomas A. Scott starts referring to Andy as my boy. So, uh, did hey. he have a son and he was just trying to rub it in that kid's face? Oh, that'd be, I didn't know. I don't know. I didn't come up the research. Yeah. That'd be hilarious if did, the rich guy was like my boy while his son was in the room. Yeah, did he have like a son named like uh, Theodore or Liam, Jerome Liam. and was just like, <laughs> you're incredibly disappointing. <laughs> this telegraph messenger is my boy. This is the one I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get a refund from your mother. Because <laughs> she's a bitch. <laughs> What's that here coming? <laughs> so Thomas A. Scott would eventually hire Andy as his personal telegrapher. I learned that word and I hate it. Telegrapher. What that mean, dog? Uh, what that mouth do? Telegrapher. Oh, okay. It's just the right way to say telegraph. So we could just change that to meep meep boy, like meep meep beep, 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 beep. And Andy was hired at initially thirty five dollars a month, but soon oh. after forty five dollars a month. That's, That's absurd, ridiculous. Yeah, uh, the modern day equivalent is fourteen hundred dollars a month. 
Damn, it's more than me. For a 1,500, I mean, a 15-year-old boy? A little bastard. 14-year-old boy, yeah. So, oh, like, Thomas A. Scott's like, I like the cut of your jib. Here's literally a $700 bi-weekly paycheck. Enjoy. You know? And what he go spend his money on? Candy, bubble gum, uh, candy cigarettes, real, c- real cigarettes. They would go real see dolls. the, uh, the they would go see the freaks. They would go see the the tall cows. Oh. <laughs> they go down to the mm. to Coney Island and and play with the the clown men. Yeah, and and oh, she, I love that. Uh, under the under the boardwalk. Jimmy oh, yeah. Jimmy Cooper's biggest wheel of cheese in the county. See that? Yeah. Look at it for a while. Bring, take, your, take bring a, your sweetheart there. Five cents a lick. Come get a lick <laughs> on the biggest wheel of oh, cheese. No. Does anyone ever go to the center of the cheese, you think? Uh, How many licks yeah. does it take to get the center of the Yalsberg? <laughs> oh, that's... Uh, my, I'm going to do that for my birthday. I'm going to get I, a Yalsberg. I'm just imagining... Like a bunch of white trash pretending to be fancy. Lick it. I'm just imagining you, Mike, like latched onto you a giant baby bell just licking the fuck out of it. But it's the it's the red <laughs> wax. He forgets to take it off. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do it, yeah. So, cool. <laughs> <laughs> on top of $45 a month. And he also gets a fucking uh, all-expenses-paid uh, railroad account. You know what I mean? Just expenses all his fares. So he's allowed to just go anywhere in America for free. He sounds like amazing. a smart kid to me. Uh, I mean, fuck. Yeah, yeah. His brown-nosing paid off. You know what I mean? He's like, he's I want this. I'm going to do shit to it. Not, uh, well, he's not doing business moves yet, but he's, he's living it Making up. Making the connections. At, there you go. He's a yeah. networker. I like that. Good, good tie-in, Mike. So one day after work, uh, you know, Andy's making it. He's he walks in. You know, he's he's living with his mother. He comes home from work. He sees his mother. Her mother has his her hand in his face. Her hand, her face in her hands. Wow. <laughs> First <laughs> night drinking. It's weird. she's fisting her mouth. <laughs> yeah, she's trying to impress oh, Johnny. Oh. Andy, oh, oh, yeah. what are oh, you doing? I've been trying to do this all afternoon, Andy. Anyway, <laughs> give mommy a push. <laughs> Margaret, I bet, is, I bet I could fit two fists in there. <laughs> Margaret is crying. Andy's mom is crying, and Andy's like, "Mom, what the fuck's wrong with you? I'm rich," and she's just like, "Oh, but I'm not." And she's like, "Oh, mom, I can. I got enough scratch to take care of us both." And you know, to cheer his mom up, Andy's like, "Hey, how about this? We'll, we'll, one day." You and me, we'll, we'll jump in one of them fancy stagecoaches and take a nice joyride in our Sunday bests. Aww. He's a little bit of a mama boy. You know what I mean? He's like, we'll, we'll go out in the town, mom, and live it up. Afterwards, afterwards we'll go to the cemetery and have a, uh, a lovely uh, custard pie and a um, <laughs> bo- bottle of uh, flat soda on top of dad's grave. <laughs> it's a nice day. Yeah. yeah. So. She's crying. Sounds like a pleasant Sunday afternoon, Thomas. <laughs> so she's bawling her eyes out. He's trying to cheer up. He's like, oh, mom, we'll go, we'll go on a fancy joyride in the future. And she looks up from her crying and says, what good will that do if the people from Dunfermline can't see us? So <laughs> she stuck doesn't care. She's stuck in the past. She wants to show up her Scottish peers uh, that aren't even like, care. in the picture. Yeah, yeah. I she's like, I want to go back to Scotland and, flex. and rub my rich dick in those villagers' faces. Damn. Well, I I had no idea that Andrew Carnegie w- invented Instagram. <laughs> wow. Yeah, archaic Instagram. 
The damned Tracy McCuckle. You need to see her and say, <laughs> Travis, so, Look right. at my cunt. My cunt. My yep. beautiful cunt is Mom, beautiful. Mom, I love this picture. I love it. I'm going to tag all dead's dead. I'm going to tag someone else in it and make them see how much fun you're having. Also, uh, dead's dead. We have an iron brew fountain oh. in our basement, and I wow. lick it next to the mold. <laughs> Hashtag so, best life, mum. <laughs> so Margaret Carnegie is a little bit of an asshole. She's not only wealth hungry, she's show off hungry. I actually respect someone that admits I'm in it for the money, but she's in it for the money to rub it in the faces of other people. So it's just what like, is money you, for? Bitch. That. Orgies. Yeah, every time you Duh. see some dude on a boat, that's about it, pretty much. Orgies. Like, you yeah. don't need to, there's mm. no reason to take a picture on a boat. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're having fun. You're on what the water. I show off my boat? And I'll put it on Instagram and be like, this is my yeah, boat. Yeah, you're showing it off, right? I'm out here on my uncle's boat. He went to the bathroom, so I'm going to take a picture and pretend it's mine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there there you, you go. Know. Until they go on the boat and realize it's not yours. Yeah, it's really a lot yeah. smaller. Too. Yeah, the it's name of the angle. boat is really Uncle good Boat. At making things look bigger. Yeah, it's Uncle. all per- perception. <laughs> it's called the Dave Matthews Band uh, Catamaran. And you have to explain that Ooh. to someone later. <laughs> <laughs> so, and this, like, arbitrary desire of Andy's mom sets like an art like a goalpost for andy to chase it's like gotta get the money gotta get the money so i can take mom on a joyride in scotland so like this is like one of the weird things that gets inside of his head and just drives him to build wealth throughout his entire life so iron brew gotta get the money iron brew and sheep guts she wants to show off she she wants to say guess what i can buy the most amount of sheep lungs stuff with Currents. It's a, it is a showing off point. Mm-hmm. You're gonna eat some haggis a, style. Right? style. I think that's haggis? possible. Yeah, it's haggis. That's not haggis possible. Is, uh, Scottish, right? Or Irish? Yeah. No. Well, we're talking about Scottish. Scottish. Oh. And the, yeah. Scottish, you're, right? You're right. Yeah. You're totally it's right, a, man. I, got, I thought it was Irish for a second. No, haggis is just the, the keto of Scotland. Oh, I like that. I thought it was just like a goat's belly. It's yeah. the intestine just shoved with like you know bad raisins and shit. I don't. No, know. it's the lung, isn't it? I, I thought know. it was a lung. Was a stomach. I know no, it's I just a bucket it was... of gross. I, oh, it's a split. I don't know. It's a type of food that you shouldn't eat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so sorry, if you think Scotland. of a taquito, <laughs> yeah. welcome to New York. We have hot dogs. They're fucking delicious. Try one. Bacon, egg, and cheese, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you're not into that, you can try the impossible bacon, egg, and cheese because we're America and we're innovative. Yeah, <laughs> we, we have to be able to have all of them. We yeah. hate sacrifices, so we need other people smarter than us to make it happen. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andy's like, eh, Mom, I can't uh, take you for a fancy joyride in Scotland just yet, but here's what I'll do to cheer you up. I'll buy you a nice house, and I'll get you, I'll hire you a servant in perpetuity. And her mother's, like, crying, and she's like, I guess that'll work for now. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, bitch. <laughs> psycho. Oh, you fucking asshole. Thanks for yeah. putting together shoes for four years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moving us into this polluted goddamn slab town. Yeah, nice choice. <laughs> could, could we have done Miami? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Property value's way up there. 
Uh, so anyway, one day Andy is working in Scott's office. Uh, Scott was away on business, but suddenly the telegraph wire starts clicking like a goddamn tap dancer with Tourette's. And Andy, and Andy's like, oh shit, that's bad. Someone's angry. I can tell that's an angry tapping going down. Andy decoded the message and learned of a colossal train wreck that happened on the Pennsylvania Railroad. Ooh. So wait, hold on. Can we stop for a second? Yeah. Have you ever gone into like your boss's office and like maybe jerked off? No, I was like a power no. move. No. All right. Well, you guys haven't lived. No. I'm fired. <laughs> from multiple I work, jobs. I work from home, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the boss. <laughs> I'm right. the boss. Travis, well, if you really want to stop the goddamn story for that one, <laughs> fine. Yeah, no we've been stopping I'll, Cody so much. And, and, sorry, Cody. And then that's what you choose to say. <laughs> it's just like, oh, colossal train wreck. <laughs> you guys are just coming to fucking Boston Gardens. All right, Cody. Yeah. All right, talk about these trains smashing. <laughs> trains mashed up. The guy that's supposed to tell you uh, the, the railroad workers what to do after the trains mash up isn't there. It's just Andy, and Andy's like, oh, fuck, how do I do this? Kind of like a sitcom, you know what I mean? So Andy forges uh, Thomas A. Scott's signature and tells the people what to do. He's like, he makes the decisive shots, or calls the decisive shots to, like, alleviate the problem. Wait, like, so where's, uh, where's Scott? Where, Scott's Scott away was... on business. Oh, he is. Okay, I missed that. Sorry. Yeah. So he's, he's out of the picture. Yeah. And... Andy takes up the reins, calls everything, calls the shots, gets everything moving again, and very quickly restores productivity back to the railroads. Scott returns to his office, learns of the orders issued, you know, to his workforce under the false pretenses perpetuated by Andy, or perpetrated by Andy. Scott is pissed, obviously, that he was just impersonated, but approves of every decision Andy made. So it's just like, you're an asshole for forging my signature, but... You didn't fuck so, up after that point. Yeah, I'm going to stop here because, Tom, you need to apologize to me right now. Right now. Uh, for say, what? Just say I'm sorry. No, just say I'm sorry. All right. For curiosity, Travis, I'm sorry. <laughs> so the re he's happy he did all that shit, but then he saw the splooge on his desk and he was angry. Yeah, that's the one thing. He's just like, <laughs> hey. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, dude, it's fine. You signed my signature. Like, UPS came. That's great. Whatever. Cool. Uh, just why do you have to come on my nice quill pen? I said yeah. you could this come is to my office anytime you'd like. <laughs> Not come in my <laughs> office anytime you'd like. <laughs> oh. So, Scott approves of these calls Andy made and gives Andy conditional authority over the railroads. You know what I mean? Scott's like, you can call the shots when I'm, you know, you know, picking boogers in my bathroom, in my executive bathroom. How old is he now? Whatever. Like 15 still? Maybe six. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. he's still teenager, still teenager, Mike, and he, he's he's calling shots over the fucking railroad when no teenager should be doing that. Now, Andy gets a little power crazy with this authority, and the next gnarly ass train wreck that unfolded, and you know Scott was you know away on business. Andy just simply gave the order, burn that fucking train wreck down, just torch it, just, just burn it off of the tracks, clear the tracks. And we'll get the trains running again. Sounds great. Wow. Uh, yeah, and that happened good. like four hours later, right? From the other one we were talking about? Because yeah. that's just, that's how the exactly, trains that's how, used that's, to run. You know, bad administration. <laughs> but just simpler fucking times, my dude. American corporations at this time were so unregulated 
this was an acceptable business practice. You know, just torch the fucker down. Uh, no interference from OSHA, unions, EPA, Department of Transportation, or insurance companies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the big dick on the block is private business. And not only was this an acceptable business move, it was the optimal one. You know what I mean? What are you going to do? Are you going to hook up a train wreck and pull it off the side? Or are you just going to, like, sweep ashes off the fucking railroad It's track? It's easy to do the best thing if you don't need to think about um, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the that's environment. What the, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what you, that's what you need to teach in school. Minus the environment, because if you're bad to the environment, Ferngully's gonna come after you. <laughs> or that shitty uh, Avatar movie. Yeah, or one of the purple people, huh. blue so, people, whatever. Blue people. They're coming. Abadi They're gonna come in your uh, mouth. So Scott sees Andy has a knack for business. Like, my God, this teenager's burning train wrecks down. That's genius, and. Andy is given permission to roll up his sleeves and do that wizardry of cost-cutting for the Pennsylvania Railroad. So, are you telling me Carnegie made his money off of Costco? Because I don't get how they sell everything so cheap at Costco. It's bulk. That's literally the entire... Cody, don't don't talk wizardry with me. Don't talk this magic, hocus-pocus shit. I get a bunch of savory grapes in a huge jar... Kirkland? Yep, huge, huge, and a bunch are the operative adjectives there. And so Carnegie started Costco. He's a good man for that. I like him. Yes, yes, Travis. I like Costco that. hot Thank dogs. You. you heard it here. First, Rose Mortem, uh, Costco, <laughs> you're welcome for knowing who founded you, because you don't know. All right, all right. Anyway. Andy is given his uh, chance to roll up his sleeves well, and do the famous wizardry of cost-cutting for the railroads. He got bigger cars, longer trains, higher frequency schedules. And, you know, he's doing that tycoon witchcraft. Efficiency spikes. His bosses have huge boners and are happy with him. Your boy Andy ordered 24-7 train schedules and telegraph shops. So it's just like, this, cha- this shit don't stop for sleep. We keep it rolling. Always and forever. That's good. Yeah, yeah I like Make that. Make that cheddar. You guys ever play Roller Coaster Tycoon? Is that yeah. what we're talking about? Oh, my God. It's just <laughs> trains or roller coasters that stay on the ground. Yeah, well, I always used to build the roller coasters that would crash, so maybe I'm like Carnegie, always, yeah. who like tries to make the train crash so he could look cool. Like, don't yeah. worry, just burn it, dude. It's sick. <laughs> yeah. People like burn it from it a down. distance. Don't. Fires they are could, cool. They can bring their goats there. Everyone's got goats yeah. in America, and they, they bake them over goddamn burning trains. Yeah. It's the American dream. Nothing but uh, old... Darby's mail that was supposed to go to Colorado. There was nothing to do back then. <laughs> there we go. What's that? There was nothing to so, do back then, so you gotta do something. No. Yeah, that's a good point, Mike. I mean, people were bored. People are bored now. Burning train, I'd see that back then, but like fucking a goat somewhere. Could you imagine the crime of people being bored right now? I haven't been bored in years. Yeah, so much to oh, do. Oh yeah, now. me either. Yeah. There's just oh so much shit. You can either learn something or jerk off or whatever. There's so many options. Um, back then, they didn't have a single one of those. They have data. Been jerk off in random places. With Andy doing all this cost cutting, wage cuts became routine, and thirteen work, thirteen work. Wow, I'm hammered. Thirteen hour work days became normal. It's just like, oh, this is when it starts going down for the worker because Andrew's just like, uh, I need you to work literally more than half of a day. Excluding sleep and all that shit. Right, right. So 
Rail workers are pissed and proceed to organize a strike. You know, as you do. Hell yeah. As you could do it. As you used to be able to do. As you should. As you should yeah. be able to do. Well, yep. you, you can, but you can't do a strike during a recession. That's just economics 101. You're, yeah. You're, if your goal is to make money or rights making that money, um, there's times to have a strike. Yeah, I can't refuse yeah, to not work at a job I don't have. Except yeah. <laughs> we've been in a recession since uh, Ronald Reagan. Clinton? That's, that's, that's a, different. That's different. That's politics. I don't like politics. Politics are for fucking straight up weenies. So let's go. <laughs> yeah. How about, let's say you boys and I uh, strike from our fucking uh, lawyer jobs. I'm on strike. I've been I on hate being a lawyer. Yeah, I don't want to quit so bad sometimes. Yo, but Mike, yeah. how crazy would it be if, like, one Sunday, you just showed up here, yeah, and I just told you to like I left a note that said hit record because me and Travis and Cody we're on strike. So you're doing roast mortem. Now. I would do it, yeah, yeah, good. See, this is a good guy. I, I, this is why I want him on the team. I can't fucking play. scab, yeah. you fucking scab. <laughs> what do you mean? We'll talk about scabs. You I, fucking scab. We own the business. I'll tell you we're on scabs. strike of our own business. Don't you understand? Dude, I don't care. I just wanted to. I was thinking about scarabs and the mummy. Okay. Fucking scab. Is that like the giant rat you see on the side of like Montauk Hot? Well, oh, on the yeah. side of a highway. A lot Long of Island. South Shore shit. Yeah. 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 You know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I was one of them. Scab. I was one of those oh, people wow. I hated. You're yeah. an asshole. I was, uh, yeah. He's a kid trying to make money. Yeah, it's fucking. Still an asshole. It's fine. I was making the big bucks. I was the, the laborer. That's the point of a scab. Well, either way. All right. We got him here. <laughs> In flesh, so that's yeah, what he's matters. here. In the he's a hard worker. So part of the real workers are pissed off, and they do the strike thing. Andy got wind of this through a bit of corporate espionage. You know what I mean? He greases the right palms, and he compiled a list of names and forwarded it to Scott. So he's like, "Here's the people that are organizing the strike," and those laborers were immediately sacked. So this is the first like mini clash of labor versus. You know, the bourgeois, like, business owners and private corporations and such. And to grow his wealth even further, Andy invested, started investing in luxury sleeping cars. You know, back in the day, trains were just like, you sit on this horrible bench and, you know, just wait out the 28 hours to get to California. Right. Yeah. But now there's sleeping cars involved, and Andy spent $217 in an upfront investment and started earning $5,000 every year Yeesh. after that. Holy Anyone can shit. tell you that's a great deal. Uh, dude, I would do it. I'd be friends with this guy. Yeah, I mean, tricks. so, yeah, you think about nowadays, it's like they charge you an extra, like, third, like 60 bucks for, like, two inches extra of leg room on mm -hmm, a plane. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now he's like, guess what? You could sleep laying down. Uh, I'm gonna make money because people don't like to sit. Even though you could probably sleep on the bench on the train. Nah, not when there's all those poor people around you, dude. Poor people make terrible Snoring pillows. That's science. If they made <laughs> good pillows, we wouldn't have the homeless. <laughs> or we would have the homeless and just sleep on them. We yeah, you have, bring them inside. They wouldn't be homeless. We'd anymore. have warehouses yeah. of, of excellent pillow men and women. My homeless. My homeless. Stop the homeless man. Yeah. <laughs> Come on inside. <laughs> Not that inside. <laughs> I'm Billy Mays. Have you ever tried to sleep somewhere like the sidewalk and hit your half your head hit the fucking pavement so hard? Try homeless. 
<laughs> try. Home. I'm sold. Yeah, like Warby Parker, you get to try out five pairs of glasses before you buy one. Mm. Nice. <laughs> anyway, the expansion of the railroads called for iron bridges. You know what I mean? So it's just like, why we got to go around the canyon? Let's go through it or over it. You know what I mean? Makes sense. It'll cut like fucking hours off of a you know rail trip. Mm. And in a classic Monopoly scoundrel move, Scott and Andy established a shadowy dummy corporation to manufacture bridges. Uh-oh. So they're secretly using tax Pennsylvania taxpayer money to hire themselves to make iron bridges. So you do shit like that back you know then. I mean? It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's terrible stuff. I hate you it's guys. It's terrible stuff. That's good Very stuff. Very illegal. <laughs> um it's it it's a fucking racket, man. Uh wow. so there's there's this great guy, um, I don't know if you've heard about him. His name is Lennon, but like not John Lennon, because he's a dick. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, the one that has the cooler facial hair. Oh, Vladimir? Yeah, he's a great guy. Travis, uh-huh. um, I have a counter-argument to that, but I think I could sum that up real quickly with just shut up. <laughs> Honey, my kid Vladimir, that's a cool name. Yeah, Mike, shut you win. Up. All right, well, he names a kid. Of I Chad's, say, they're Vlad's. Tom, you could just trot ski right out of here. All right, well, you can get fucked. You see, see what I did there? Yeah, no. You can't be doing that on Roast Mortem. It's too highbrow. Yeah. That's, that was very <laughs> highbrow. That was very history. That was very literature all in one. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Travis, get fucked. Gave me cancer. <laughs> so... This is where Andy splinters off from Railroad and, you know, starts becoming the iron tycoon we all know and love slash hate. So the iron industry at this point is, forgive the pun, a very hot business. Circa circa 1868, Andy moves with his mother to New York City. Yes. Uh, The two took a suite in the St. Nicholas Hotel. So it's that lovely bygone era of just having your home address be a hotel suite more people should have that yeah and also it's... he's living in santa hotel <laughs> i i i only <laughs> i want to live in the santa hotel Saint you Nicholas. get candy and treats every day you just gotta leave onions out for santa to eat every morning how does every suite have a chimney it's weird <laughs> yeah right it's own chimney imagine <laughs> the top of that building it's just a giant marlboro cigarette <laughs> <laughs> Pack of smokes. There you go. Santa's a smoker. No one talks about fucking that. Yeah, no. My parents told me I should leave uh, a pack of camel lights out for Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> my parents told me about the age of six or seven or something like that. They they were like, hey, Tom, you should know the truth about Santa. He died last year. <laughs> he is real, but he's dead now. <laughs> he's dead now. So, sorry, that. sorry about that. We'll get you gifts. He's dead. He's yeah, Mike. Your yeah, parents didn't tell you. He died right when you were like two or Fucking something. Fucking kidding? Who's been taking? Who's been putting all the gifts under my tree all these years? Uh, well, it wasn't a dead guy. It was definitely your parents. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It is uh, worth debating. Anyway, Cody, we'll talk about this later, Mike. Uh, <laughs> Cody, continue. Did I? Just like, am I just now computing Travis smoked at the same time in his life where he believed in Santa? <laughs> no, I'm leaving it out for Santa Claus. Well, and maybe. I don't know. Yeah, right. I think he's right. I, so, I don't, my brain doesn't work too. You know, there's like a time period. 
It's like six months. Anything before that, I, I don't really. It's hazy. Got it. All right. So they're living in a hotel room. Andy's a posh hotel room, mind you. And Andy's mother loves this. She's like, oh, rich things, shiny things, lace, silk, mine. Uh, her wardrobe is mostly black silk at this point because she's just that type Island. of bitch. Morning, uh, and mourning the death of her useless husband. Yeah. Just I'm, constantly. Yeah. Was she actually Andrew's stepmother? Because then that's the start of a pornography. Sorry, Andy's Johnson's. a mama's boy. Andy loves his mom okay, right. to the point where Just, it gets very awkward. And I, okay. I'm relishing when we talk about the awkwardness. Anyway. Age 33, Andy vows to retire in just two years and then switch gears and work towards quote-unquote benevolent purposes. It's kind of a self-admission you're an asshole if you have to pull a U-turn to get benevolent things done. You know what I mean? That's a good point. (laughs) I'm going to stop all this in about two years and then start doing, you know, good shit. But Which is the opposite of what I'm doing now. Right, right. Well, turning around, yeah. Yeah, so spoilers, Andy blows this, like, two-year deadline by about 30 years. Whoops. Oops. Stop by a little Because. Guys, I'm quote- sorry, I'm joining the Peace Corps. I can't do the show anymore. I have to be nice. <laughs> yeah, this, show, this show's the opposite of the Peace Corps. Yeah, yeah. We really are. We are very self-serving. How do you join that? You just sign up? Hey, you just start being peaceful, Mike. Yeah, and then you, you know, we, we, we learned all about Gandhi. He's the most peaceful man in the world, and he just said racial slurs. So Yeah, Mike, so if you're into racial slurs and brunettes and khaki, go for it. Hot. But, uh, no. I'm not racist. This is why you're on the team still. See that? This is why, I like this. This is why I'm glad. That, this is why I'm it's not good. going on strike. Mm. I'm the glue that holds Mike them together. Mike saved the day. Thank you, Mike. So... Something called the Bessemer Converter is invented at this time. And what this little gadget does, it's big batch conversion from iron to steel. So it, it can cook it just right, and it becomes... Steel is... Wow. Iron comes out of steel. And that trick used to be done by uh, professionals called puddlers back in the day. And puddlers could only do, like, a little bit. Those were small batches, but this is an industrial big boy thing. Uh, I think you got that backwards. Wasn't it steel comes out of iron? Steel comes out of iron. Yeah. Did I not do that right? I thought I did my best to clarify doing it. I think you uh, actually said both, but um, you... Keep the correct one in. All right. Well, it doesn't matter. No, Cody, you fucked up. That's like saying Raichu comes out of Pikachu. You're just dumb. It does. You're just dumb. Catching that? (laughs) All right. No, that's... (laughs) That's not just so dumb, all, that's sad, because you know what all, both of those things are, and you got it wrong. Yeah, so <laughs> iron mills all over the world became steel plants, and Andy dipped into his personal wealth and took out substantial loans and established a steel plant just outside of Pittsburgh in a town called Braddock, and this plant was called Edgar Thomas Plant, or E.T. for short. Mm. E.T. Um, and at the, about this point, as I said like earlier, the Pennsylvania Railroad is trying to get enough iron to do an expansion. And all the people that have big iron dicks, Andrew included, they're having a meeting on how to divvy up the contract of the Pennsylvania Railroad. So it's just a bunch of steel bigwigs and tycoons 
in, under one roof and being like, here's how we should divide this contract up. Top bigwig here. I'm just going to throw it out as a mm-hmm. historian. Lexington. Of Lexington course. Lexington was the biggest of the steel industry. That's a, that's a household name. Sure. Lexington yep. Steel. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's in my house right now. Yeah. Inspiration there, guy. Yeah, One I, day I could be like that. Go. Not a scab. This is the man will One show day. up. He'll yeah. stand with you. Stand with your wife. He'll stand with everyone. I've never seen a man with three stand legs before. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, tripod. Yes. I mean, I have several beams in my house. Studs. I've replaced the wooden ones that were getting corrosive <laughs> with uh, Lexington steel beams. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So you have all these highbrow steel mill owners under the same roof and they're actually unbelievably being incredibly cordial and ungreedy they're like hey let's all take equal share of this pennsylvania railroad contract and then your boy andy kicks in the door with his big money dick energy and it's just like no the big piece is mine cucks (laughs) and (laughs) before this meeting Andy goes around and buys just enough stock in each of these competitors' companies to be entitled to um, quarterly business reports. So he's a big enough stakeholder to get uh, access to that info. And then he goes around the table and he makes known everyone's salary. You know what I mean? He's like, your ass makes $60,000 a year. Your ass makes ninety. Your business account is this. And he just like, you know, Usually you keep that sh- that shit private, you know what I mean. So but he's Andy, there. Andy doxed everyone. <laughs> yeah, he doxed. He financially doxed everyone at this board meeting because that, that also probably made that also probably made the workers pissed off, right? He it was only aired in the meeting. Oh, okay. You know what I mean. So imagine if Mike showed up to a roast mortem and just pointed out the salaries of like you know Tom, Cody, and Travis. Yeah, how much you guys making off of this? We're not what telling you. What am I getting my salary? You get a chalupa, motherfucker. <laughs> look at the Patreon. It barely covers the beer. Uh, thank you for uh, all the Patreon money coming in. I know you're listening because you're you're beautiful people. Uh, the rest of you, you're cheapskates. Yeah, right? God damn it. <laughs> uh, uh, go cover yourself yeah. in... in, in ve- you can see it. You, you can go oils. see how much our patron is. We're not afraid to sh- uh, hide that info. I, anyway, yes, we need we need more money. I'm just saying it right now. I don't give a shit. I'm I'm better than NPR. Look at these yeah, mics. Regardless I of They're, what we make, we need more. They only Dude, use some seven Bs. We're using Electro Voice RE20s. This is a higher class mic. We need more money. And also, we don't we don't are. say you got to do a drive and make you feel guilty. We just throw it in there sometimes as a slight jab. To be like, hey, fuck you guys. Well, one quarter of us <laughs> is trying to make us everyone feel guilty. That would be me. Is it me? Oh. <laughs> I have an extremely yeah. Jewish grandmother, and there are things I have learned from her. But anyway, Cody, can you please go before I talk more? All right. <laughs> so he, like, financially doxes everyone at this meeting. And after he gets through, like, you know what I mean, measuring everyone's money dicks with everyone else's, he's like, I know everything you guys do, and I can out compete you down to the core so unless i get the big piece of this goddamn cake i'm running each of your businesses into the ground through sheer force of competition and everyone's just like oh excuse me and beta cucks away and andy is the primary majority you know 
executor of the contract for the Pennsylvania Railroad expansion. So he's wow. still working for Scott, though, now, right? No, no, they've parted ways. Oh, okay. Sorry, because, I'm they, he, sp- he splintered listening. off when he, when he found out iron bridges were like oh, okay. a lucrative business in their own. So okay. he's no longer railroad boy with Scott at that point. He's okay. no longer a boy. I mean, he was really doing all the dicking for him anyway, so he was ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now he has. Now he's a man's with a man's penis. He's a man of steel, yeah. Travis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got steel girders in his pants. Yeah. Lexington. He's got the iron. Lexington he's got the steel, iron. Brrr. Johnny sins. Yada yada yada. <laughs> no, I'm saying he's got the iron. Brrr. The Scottish brrr. Yeah. Shoes. Shoot. Brrr. Haggis. Shoot. Shoot your haggis, brrr. Ooh. <laughs> uh, excuse me. So Andy's uh, uh, up to his vast deference in the steel orking game. And he's making all this steel for the fucking Pennsylvania Railroad. And he's got already a hierarchy. He's got the workers. He's got management. He's got himself and the shareholders on top. <laughs> then he starts doing business his way. When one of Andy's underling managers brought him reports of record-breaking productivity and output at Edgar Thomas, Andy would glare at his manager and ask, what has been done next week so you can re-break this record? You know, he's one of those types of business owners. Yeah, that's like You could bring him the best numbers, but he's like, how are you going to beat that next week? And it's like, Always oh, hungry. He's, like a, yeah. he's a, like a shitty used car salesman. There you go. I see you've collected every single shopping cart in Stop and Shop's parking lot in <laughs> just a half an hour. When are you going to steal... More shopping carts for us. <laughs> From Target. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How are you going to beat their brake system? <laughs> you got a, you got a Slim Jim up in there. So Andy would be a huge proponent of rivalry between his own labor teams. So like at Edgar Thomas, there would be like Furnace A, Furnace B, Furnace C, Furnace D. And he'd go to all four of these furnaces and be like, Who's got the biggest dick and can make the most steel? And it, all the furnaces would be like, oh, God, please, I hope I have the big steel-making dick. Like Steve now, Jobs. Yeah, Steve now, what Jobs did that shit. Fucking Google does that now. That's why th- they have all those pro- like programs like uh, it's Google Meet and Google Duo, which are almost identical, except eventually when we figure out which one is more stable, we'll just take all the features from one and shift it on the other. Yeah. That's, We're just uh, guinea pigs. And, 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 and fire this whole team of purple-haired weirdos. But they made money. <laughs> well, all right, so here's the thing, though, right? I mean, well, yeah, Tom. Also, by the way, those purple-haired weirdos will get a job at another place that'll make a lot of money. Yeah, OnlyFans <laughs> is a place. You're right. Yeah. But uh, so is he doing that corporate thing where um, they basically give you, like, gold stars, right? Because I feel like if you ever worked for a massive corporation... They're like you best better do the best thing ever because like the company needs you. Yeah. You're so important, and but it, you don't get anything. That's what Marshalls was with like, the credit card sales. Yeah, they'd always like, make me push that. So, now we get like nothing in return except I just wouldn't get yelled at. Yeah, you know, right. Just lie to people to get them to sign up for credit cards That's where they make all the money. Andrew, Andrew Carnegie's version of quote unquote employee of the month slash gold star was manifested in the shape of a steel broom. If you were the best <laughs> furnace team, if you were the best, most productive furnace team of the week, Andy would hand you the steel broom. And as leader of that team, you get to take the steel broom, climb up to the top of your smokestack, and tape it up there 
making your smokestack the biggest smokestack of the joint. Are you that's what you me? get? That no, that's so what you get. Fucked. So how about- it's literally a, a figurative penis measuring competition. And Andy's like, y'all got this smokestack penis. <laughs> if you do really good, I'll give you a broom you can tape onto the end of your penis, oh. and you'll be the biggest penis. <laughs> I like that. And everyone's just like, gotta get the broom. Gotta get the broom. Something to work towards. <laughs> it's, it's something a terrible. <laughs> a broom, Mike? You want I mean, that? shit. Hey, gives them, you know, drive to want, you know, accomplish something. But what do you get? You, the broom you gets get taken anything. away from you. you. The broom gets taken away from you as moment, soon as someone though, else you're does enjoying it. It's like a Stanley Cup. It's like a bunch of Ellen DeGeneres being like, I want the Stanley Cup in my house right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you had it over that, that moment, you know. Mike, you're the stupid sap sap that's getting it. You know, right. Yeah. Join the Carnegie. You're, yeah, zone. you're the reason this works. Well, are they hiring? Yeah. Yes, they are. <laughs> Carnegie Hall hiring. Yeah. Looking for a man to hold broom. <laughs> I will gladly on a smokestack as he suffocated. No, because if your if your plant or whatever is is pumping out more juice and more fucking cream, whatever he's making, steel cream. It's steel. Uh, then he's making more money, and you're. There. All he had to invest in a broom. broom. One broom. Yeah. He didn't even have to reinvest in it. That wasn't even like yeah. a quarterly thing where he had to be like, "Well, I got a, I got four brooms a year. I gotta buy. Let me put to <laughs> put aside eight dollars. Yeah, hey, better than nothing. Eight dollars. Eight dollars in nineteen sixties money, Tom. <laughs> yeah, that could buy you a house. Yeah, <laughs> fourteen cents. I'd rather get nothing. Steel when is this episode coming out? Oh, okay. So actually, uh, you guys might recall I, I I announced I had a I I got a big award. So this yeah, yeah. I I can actually legally talk. Well, not legally, but I can talk about it without getting revoked. I got a plaque upstairs. It's from ASCAP, which is the American ah. Songwriters and Composers Association bullshit company. Look at you. That's just made of uh whores, and they they gave me a plaque that said. Um, that all my work on WWE Raw, WWE Raw has been a record-breaking score uh, for, for revenue Yay. for the goddamn show. And to me, the only thing that says to me is that I bought three other people I know summer homes, and I <laughs> and I am getting dick. Yeah, because they're placating the you, now, Tom. Right? They're, no, because I got the broom, <laughs> no. Mike. I got the broom right back. <laughs> I can relate to Tom, this broom. See, fuck that broom. My broom is Tom can take right that now. plaque. Tom can take that plaque and tape it to his dick and be like, "Look how big my dick is." Hey, you can do that. But he's not going to do that because he has standards. I need to do something with my life. I just bought other people houses and I, <laughs> big, big houses. Hey, but I bought them houses. How do you feel about big that? Houses. Terrible because I don't have my own house. I want a little baby house. Can't even get big. They could. Out. They could have. They, they could have just sent you like a like a thing like greetings from our new home in the Hamptons. Yeah. Right. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And I guess what? Uh, not only do I not get a house, uh, you know, th- these people. You know how much of the song they wrote? How much? None. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote the song. Yeah. The whole thing. 
I wrote the songs. <laughs> hey, you got a plaque? Well, I did every word. Yeah, I got the plaque. plaque they also have the plaque. Wow, so not like only do I. Yeah, they get the plaque too, oh, that's, fucked up. that's what I'm saying. That's, that's fucked up. So the, the guy who's plaque. giving me the broom is also getting the broom. And he took all my money. <laughs> so this is where I am right now. Will they let you hang out at their house? And I can't even get in the fucking beach. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can visit one of their beach houses. <laughs> I don't think so. I'd probably be escorted off the property because I bought a. Uh, well, you bring I, the plaque to show them that you're friends. Oh, yeah, we're buddies. Here, check it out. Yeah, we're buddies. This plaque, like, very mundane me. looking plaque. Sh- uh, fuck off. ASCAP, actually. If I had. Um, you should use that plaque to clip your toenails onto. I would like, actually. Post be, it. I would actually be going to some televised event. Not, they televise it? The past few years, but it's li- really? because of COVID. They're not doing a show. So, <laughs> uh, had I been going to that show, I would immediately, if I if I got to say anything to a camera or any press, I'd be like, I am gonna go switch to BMI, which is <laughs> as Cap's competition. Because fuck them, monstrous yeah. pieces of shit. God damn it! Be like. Where do I redeem this for a beach home? Yeah, I can't. Honestly, I have a lot of problems with um, a lot of the politics behind this shit. Obviously, you could tell because this is like, no, I this couldn't. is this is serious, Tom, not making a racy joke or dumb shit, Tom. Um, I have huge problems with with how that shit went down. And I don't know. Um, Carnegie is the spirit. The there spirit you go. animal spirit of, of capitalism of those, of those who like to take from who's actually doing shit. So tying the tangent back in. I love that. Tom. Yeah, I, I got it, man. This script is more. This means way more to me than than the goddamn award from <laughs> Paul Williams, who's a midget. Hey, Tom. <laughs> so why don't you uh, come to my side and Trotsky yourself back over here? He already did that joke. No, Shut I told him to Trotsky up. out. I told him the Trotsky out. Now he can come it's back the same in. Pun. No, because yeah, but I no, no, but I, no, no, because, uh, because uh, then uh, I would uh, get the broom. I get the broom. If I Trotsky over there, I get a small broom. Everyone, everyone gets, everyone the, broom. Else gets <laughs> the broom too. You should have invited Tom to rush in. I back. want a broom I, too. I can tell you four people I hate at the moment who have the broom. I want a broom. But if I went to that side, everyone's got the. You got the broom. You didn't do shit. I want the broom. broom. You got the broom. And it's tiny I- as fuck, and it's not even worth the scrap metal. <laughs> the, scrap the scrap metal isn't worth the postage that it took to get to you. I could throw it out one day. Yeah, well, That's something I could throw out later on in life. You could throw out other shit, Mike. Anyway, let's continue, <laughs> because oh, I'm, I'm so mad right now. I told you. Dynamics. Yeah. Dynamic Tom. So. <laughs> uh, steel brooms on top of smokestacks aside, this gave way to Carnegie, Carnegie demanding, you know, workers be at it 12 hours a day seven days straight and does anyone care to guess what the one holiday andy would allow workers to take off fourth of july mike's got it really wasn't christmas it was the fourth of july yeah just because that's how godless this entire operation the american dream yeah that's that's exactly it it's like fuck christmas i don't care when you're when you're fucking god you know what i mean like was born I'm giving my workers the 4th of July off. Yeah, well, you know what? America was born that day. And America, Lady America, Uncle Sam and drag uh, is very important. Just as important as Jesus Christ, his name, almighty. Amen. Amen. You hear what um, you hear what some trolls are trying to call the 4th of July this year coming up? 
No, no. I, I don't know. All countries matter day. And I fucking, <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> That's so clever. I really love that. All countries matter day. Um, so you give them uh, Independence Day off. Machines and semi-automatic processes meant skilled and trained workers could be undercut with a handful of simpletons, and even those simpletons could be easily replaced. So, like, this is kind of the end of the skilled workers' heyday. Yeah. More kids need to go to community colleges. Thank you, uh, Andrew Carnegie, for fucking it. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, 15 years of experience didn't matter so much. Could you press three or four buttons and keep your scrotum out of the gears? You're hired, but maybe just for this week. That was the terrain oh. of the job market now. Sorry, Doritos That's down. fantastic. Hold on, Doritos down. Doritos are down. And he's perpetuating this, like, fucking, you know, demonic labor terrain. And without realizing it, Andy's becoming part of the monster that, you know, guzzled technology and fired workers. The reason he's displaced from Scotland. It's just, instead of fabrics, he's on the metal side of this monster. Right. You know, he doesn't realize, like, this is what took my dad's job away. Oh. So he's like, it's, it's like Frankenstein almost. Well, his dad, so, his dad wasn't a very respectable gentleman anyway. He couldn't even work at that Urban Outfitter. No. No. It's like basically the child clown becomes the monkey clown. Very good, Travis. Thank you for that. Yeah. So, as you can imagine, it. the fucking unions were not happy about this. They're starting to grow with their discontent. Uh, E.T., in the meanwhile, got the Brooklyn Bridge contract. So the Brooklyn Bridge is made up of Carnegie Steel. I didn't know that. Oh, that's pretty neat. And after that, they got a bunch of similar uh, big Czech steel jobs, and Andy made bank. So I I don't know if it was the Brooklyn Bridge, but I do remember uh, somebody talking about their... I can't remember who it was, but somebody was talking to me. We're all from New York. Somebody was talking to me about their relatives, and like they had these family stories where people would fall from the the people that were working on the Brooklyn Bridge mm-hmm. fell into the concrete foundation of the Brooklyn Bridge when it was being born, or like uh, built. It's a lots of buildings too, probably. Yeah, right? and yeah. and it's like quicksand. So you just kind of sink into the... So there's literally bones. The bone zone is in the foundation of this uh, mighty bridge that now hipsters walk over. Well, it must be haunted then. Yes. All bridges are haunted. Maybe we should go do a a haunted investigation of it. Go to the base of it. That'd be cool. Yeah, let's go to the base. Do the podcast there. Yeah, that'd be awesome, actually. Take a little rowboat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You're should, rowing, not me. Should we get together somewhere and do a legitimate ghost hunting? Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, yes. I'll have the Mac or have um, a computer. I definitely have uh, several headlamps, so this is going to work. Oh, well, there you go. Cody and I have the professional experience, so we're good. Spooky. I'll die first. Um, <laughs> you're not black enough. Anyway, oh, God. 1881. <laughs> anyway. Uh, 1881 rolls around, Andy's making money. Enough money to make good on his promise to his mother. Like, yeah, Mom, let's go take that fancy-ass joyride in Scotland. Woo! We're doing it! Yay! So, before this trip gets underway, Andy, believe it or not, has his first girlfriend. What? You know, at the age of, like, 30-fucking-8 or something. It's weird. 
Oh, I'm sure he treated her really well. <laughs> so, I'm, I, did I say 38? I meant 45. Oh, Andy gets his first oh. other girlfriend. Her name is Louise. She's 24. All right, that's fine. He's 45. Fine. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So, she's like a. I mean, back then it was like steam or something, right? So she's like a S thought, like a steam thought. Steam oh, thought. I like that. Yeah. Of course, like goggles, probably. Yeah, just always goggles on. She actually doesn't <laughs> have eyes. That's uh, how she gets around, though. That's it's how she gets eyes. Hey, I respect it. Yeah. yeah. So, Andy, though he is a hound in the business sphere, is not what you would call a player. So, when it comes to romance, he asks his mother to ask Louise out on a date. Damn. That's Ooh. And th- th- this date, by the way, is the trip to Scotland, where he's going for his mom. So he asks his mom, like, hey, can you ask the cute girl if she wants to come with us? Ah. Oh. Uh, yeah, so uh, he's I'm, a mama's boy. I'm sure uh, uh, Louise was wet. Mm-hmm. Um, wet with anticipation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, I'd love to see your home, Iron Bruce. Please. Iron Bruce. Please. Hey, maybe. Weren't like trips expensive back then and shit? She's probably like, fuck yeah. Well, Andy's a fucking tycoon at this point. So nothing's saying, too like, expensive for sweet. Andy. Yeah. Let me see how much of your brogue I can fit into my tight 24 year old twat. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. Don't worry. It gets erotic on the show. A little bit. <laughs> so, thank you. I, I I started worrying, and then I forgot that I, I'm, a, I'm a major player in this show. I forget. <laughs> but Andy's mom did want any Louise tagging around on her fucking uh, Scottish joyride vacation. So in order to sandbag the whole affair, Andy's mom told Louise's family that it would be wildly inappropriate for a 24-year-old to accompany a 45-year-old and, you know, his mother to, you know, foreign country. So Andy's mom, Margaret, sandbags Louise out of the entire Cock uh, trip him. to Scotland. Cock blocking indeed, Mike. Remember that for later. So, but mom, but, but my the, pee-pee is hard. I have a steel pee-pee. Exactly. Exactly. This is why you don't ask your mom to, you know, matchmake for you. You know hey, what mom, I mean? what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> True South Shore response. Yeah, I like that. So Andy and his mother, you know, minus Louise, get their fancy stagecoach ride in Scotland, and they dress up in their Sunday best. Andy is, you know, sporting the business attire, top hat, coattails, all that. His mother is set up in, like, all black silk, because that's what she does, because she's a fucking weirdo. And before this, like, you know, You, you pronounced widow very strangely. Yeah, okay. <laughs> before this joyride, Yeah, just Andy, rub it in, Tom, just rub it in. Mm. Widow. Your your husband was a bum that died. Widow. <laughs> wow. Collecting <laughs> we, cans we and all. Wow. Uh, um, <laughs> I am sorry to the one listener who can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, beforehand, Andy butters up the Scottish village of Dunfermline uh, with a donated library. You know, like, keep this in mind. This is kind of his modus operandi. He's just like, hey, I'll give you a library if you... If you cheer while we do our fucking uh, joyride. And they're like, Wait, oh, yeah, free library. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah, we like Scottish books. People... We like goosebumps. Yes. Yeah, fuck Scottish it. people can read? I thought yeah, they yeah, can yeah, just yeah. drink. They have TV Some of them then. can. 
it's weird. Yeah, something must have happened. <laughs> Literacy happened. Uh, keep that in mind. Andy just thinks throwing libraries at problems will get him what he wants and all, and all that. So he takes a Scottish story, right? They all cheer. Andy's mom, you know, is all splooshed in her fucking wet silk, wet black silk garment. And it's a good time. And he fulfills this childhood promise. It's great. And it happens and he comes back to America and he's like, let's 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 expand. And in 1883, Andy's success at the Edgar Thompson plant prompted him to purchase the Homestead Steelworks. Very important name, Homestead. Uh, the, working the working environment of Homestead was likened to that of soldiers going to war. There's a brotherhood. Safety really isn't guaranteed for those who work there. But the venture is necessary, you know, for providing, you know, for the steelworkers' family. So Thank it's you kind for of your like service. A military. Yeah, it's kind of like a military vibe going on so that's another great corporate thing where it's like uh these are your brothers uh we don't give a shit about you no uh but you you have to work with these people yeah so. like them <laughs> like them and you like might them die. so that's that's one reason you'd care about getting fired is you don't get to see your friends anymore and these guys yeah. were paid 14 cents an hour to risk their lives cool oh my god i love america <laughs> i love america so much yeah yeah. And Homestead was one of those good old American places where literally everyone worked for the plant. There was no wondering what your neighbors did for a living. They worked for the Homestead right. plant. It's like Cody, I, I hope I'm I hope I'm not mm. history predicting, but did he, did he give them like Carnegie bucks? Was there like one no. place in the town where they could spend their money and it was owned by Carnegie? Well, in a, in a way, yes, everything because even the fucking bar owner probably had a brother that, you know, milled steel at the Ugh. homestead plant. But they weren't paid in Carnegie Bucks. Again, 14 cents an hour. But one thing that was good from this entire, like, homestead unfurling fiasco is unions started to crop up. You know what I mean? Like, people were like, oh, we're getting bullied around a little bit. Let's, let's have an embodiment to look out for us. And the Amalgamated Association of Iron and Steel Workers and the Knights of Labor arose because of this homestead plant. Oh. And mm. So that, that is that's the most badass in name, though. The Knights of Labor. Knights of Labor with a K. It's good. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll rear their heads and fuck shit up a little bit later down the line. But for now, I want to talk so about... happy. I want to talk about shitty businessmen by the name of Henry Clay Frick. Frick. Okay, Frick. Um, I think Frick is Satan. I'm roughly 100% sure this guy Frick is Satan. And I'll build on this theory as we progress. Okay, but, well, Frick is also, um, you might say he's Satan, but also very PG last name. That's true. But that might be, <laughs> that might be part of the deception at work. And if he's Satan, he's very popular with the 2020 girls. Yeah, Frick. that's true. Love hell Satan. Satan. Yeah, Hell Satan. Look at my Instagram. Huh. I got no problem with Satan, so mm -mm. lay it on me, yeah. Cody. He's welcome. I think he's a patron, actually. Anyway, uh, after serendipitously, Andy and his mom uh, saw Frick in, in, in like the hotel uh, uh, dining hall, I guess. I was going to say cafeteria, but it's probably more a dining hall at the St. Nicholas. And Frick is there with his, uh, Frick is on his honeymoon with his newly uh, wed bride. And Andy's just like, let's, let's have lunch with these two, mother. Just a good old double date. 
me and my mother and these two newlyweds. What could go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) So, after some lunch-based fraternizing, the presumptuous oaf Andy decides he likes the cut of Frick's jib. And without prior discussion, Andy makes a toast to the future partnership of Carnegie and Frick. What do you mean by cut of his jib? He just likes his style, man. Oh, you know what I mean? You I ever like? like, <laughs> I was like what you ever just mean? see a guy and it's just like, I like this guy's style. Yeah, he likes yeah, the cut of his jib. Can, can we do? You haven't been to enough old man bars. See, I've had, <laughs> there have been several old men that I I could not name them because where I was and how I was behaving uh, that liked the cut of my jib. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. what is my jib? And please do not touch it. Typically, it's or a cut it. it's a kind of strange backhanded compliment that like you bulge. will get from someone who's uh uh thinks that they have the world on a string a string that might be attached to an anal bead but still a string <laughs> uh so, string yeah. nonetheless if i never met you before we started drinking together and yeah. i asked you a few questions hey what do you think about uh you think Your of jibs? This, uh this elizabeth warren and you said well i don't really know she's she might be kind of a bitch i'd be like mm-hmm. I like the cut of your jib. There you go. <laughs> it's a non-reason we're not making to like it political. Oh. What's that? We're not making it political. It's not no. political. It's just old man making fun of a, a woman in politics. It's like... Oh, it's, that's it, true. That's oh, okay. Old men don't like that. No, they don't. They don't understand that uh, perhaps women have some ideas. They don't like that. <laughs> content. Yes, yeah, that's true. No. Is that the and jib? Isn't that what they're trying to cut? Is the jib. The oh, jib. so it's jib. cutting through the bullshit. No, not even really. It's no, it's it's can we look entirely at, wrong. It's can a, we look up what jib is? Can we yeah, look this phrase up? You're a handsome man that's cutting through the bu- bullshit. It's like a hippie on the other end of the spectrum who goes, "Yo, I like your vibe, dude." When you say something, you you say a joke, and yeah, then you're yeah. like, "Yeah, dude, I like Mountain Dew too. I, oh, like, I like your, your vibe. chakra." That's what I like. Yeah. Okay, Mike's got it. Yeah, it's old man chakra. I like your mantra. We there are vibing together. That's it. That's it. That's it. He's got it. Uh, <laughs> all right. So because we're a history podcast, apparently a jib, apparently a jib is a 17th century shape of a jib sail. Yeah, so it's it, nautical. It was the shape of the sail, and people could tell if you were hostile or friendly depending on the shape of your boat sail. Oh, great. There you go. All right. There we go. So I like the cut of all of your fucking jibs. Yeah, jib. Let's let's give your, each other hand jibs right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just agree we all have good jibs to with, each other. With jib with jib bush. Yes. So <laughs> your boy Andy is just like let's you and me and go into business together. And you might be wondering what does a frick like Henry bring to the party? Henry Bonnie. brings coke to the party, uh, Mike. Lots and lots of fucking coke. And cocaine, you might be wondering? No. The fuel source, coke. And if you don't know, that's toasted up coal in a oxygen-deprived chamber, and it kind of, like, burns the impurities out of the coal. So it, like, fucking goes up like a bird's nest in July instead of, like, the slow burn a coal does. This is necessary for Cody, uh, smelting fires. Cody, are you 70 fires, years okay? old? A bird's nest a little bit. in July? A little bit. I've been drinking, motherfucker. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Carnegie's like, oh, you got coke. I need coke for, you know, hot fires to make steel. So let's you and I, you know, become bedfellows together. 
So Andy makes this huge Coke deal with Frick, and one of the stipulations of this Coke deal is Frick becomes manager, and you know, conditionally later on, he'll become a uh, chief executive in Carnegie's steel business. So it's like this little, you know, business deal mm. between it's, it's bedfellows. It's the jib, the jib we were talking about. Very good, the jibber. Now there was a rival steel plant called Duquesne. It's very French and weird sounding. There's a Q in there. Uh, and it's doing this weird thing where they're churn- they're able to churn out steel so quickly, there's only one heat process to it. The way Andy was doing it, he did do X, Y, and Z, and then reheat it to do A, B, and C. So the Duquesne was so streamlined, the steel stay hot for the entire process and didn't require recook to soften it up again. Okay, save some energy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, save energy, save coke, save labor of Resources. reheating the steel. Yeah, yeah, you got it. And they're able to outcompete Carnegie Steel. And Andy fucking hates this, and he begins circulating misinformation that Duquesne Steel has shit quality. And the word he said is uh, Duquesne Steel lacks homogeneity. And pretty Not much Andy's enough. like, yeah. <laughs> Andy's like, Duquesne Steel? No homo. It's a problem. Mm. And in today's standards, a big ass word isn't so scary. I bet like the four of us have two devices in arm's reach that can look up what homogeneity means. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So back in the day. But do you have the brain cells to do it? Exactly. Mm. Back in the day, 1880s, when a big word came along, you got to find someone in the fucking dictionary. <laughs> you got to remember where H is in the fucking alphabet. And then you like go to the page and then you realize. <clears throat> There's about eight pages of words that start with the prefix homo. And you're just like, I can't fucking deal with this shit. It's uh, horrible. One of them's going to describe me. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do this. <laughs> so back hey, in the day, hey, you just... Mar- Martha, I'm going through this dictionary, and it says uh, a man that likes other men. Homeopathic. Uh, would, that be, would that be me? I, I think, because I don't really like you. I hate you. You don't... You don't... <laughs> You don't cook me eggs in the morning every morning, and I would hang out with uh, James over here, and he would cook me eggs. He'd, he'd touch me oh, in wow. places I enjoy. You touch me in the hair. What well, I think, you my a, friend, you put a what, firm comb. You put a firm comb through my hair and get all the fucking weeds out of it. Well, what I think, uh, tr- my friend Travis is trying to say to you, Cody, is that you, frankly, mm-hmm. your your vagina looks like a penis. And that's not working. And he likes the cut of my jib. He likes the cut of your jib, but stay on the ocean, buddy. (laughs) Stay semen. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, you know, that's a fucking hassle. Cracking the dictionary. So you just kind of believe the guy who's got the better stationary. And believe you me, uh, your boy Andy had great stationary. So the entire railroad just thinks Duquesne is shit. Don't buy it. If you buy it, you're setting yourself up for, like, a derail in the future. It's not great. So roughly after a year of this propaganda, Frick acts as a puppet buyer for Andy, and he strolls, you know, into the financially distressed Duquesne mill. You know, they can't get sales because they lack homogeneity. And he proceeds to buy it outright from, you know, themselves. And Frick puts Duquesne back online under Carnegie name and takes the highly efficient process executed Duquesne's and starts implementing them in E.T. and Homestead. Right, so he just pulled a no homo. Like, there you go. He did yep. it, but he's like, no homo. 
Yeah. Mm. So yeah. Carnegie adopted the process a year ago. He was saying yields bad steel. You see what's going on? He's like, oh, don't do that. And then it go- the shares go to shit. He buys it. He's like, no, it's fine now. He's don't a worry about it. Oh, it's great. We got to figure it out. Trust me. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry. Well, he only put the tip of his penis into my butthole. Yeah. Oh, that's and like can- not the whole thing. So like I'm, you know, I think I'm good. Mm. Partially. It's like it's like you, Cody, when you used to talk shit about Monster Energy, and here you are now <laughs> drinking it almost with every episode. Yeah. Hey, this is mostly vodka. Shut up. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, and as you can imagine, uh, Andy's bitching about the lack of homogeneity immediately stops after he adopts the process himself. So, let's take a quick, fun little detour and talk about. I have in my notes 1990, but that's got to be a typo. In 1890, mommy dearest, Andy's mother, Andy's beloved mother, gets a wee bit of the pneumonia, believe it or not. Oh, no, not the onya. Yes, the, the coronia. And um, Andy himself gets a wee bit of the typhoid. It, the, the two are both sick, surprisingly for different reasons, and they're in their house, uh, sharing adjacent room, or in adjacent rooms, sharing a wall between each other. Right. Well, mom, back back mom, then, back then, then where they would build um, walls in the middle of of, of queen size beds. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> I'm just imagining uh, little Carnegie shitting his brains out and his mom coughing away the diarrhea, so That's it would it work, goes. right? So he's like, like spraying it like a sprinkler, and she's like, <laughs> and she's safe, safe. So like it kind of works, kind of yeah. works. Now. Here's where some silly weekend at Bernie's hijinks unfold. And I love this. Due to the pneumonia, Andy's mom up and fucking dies. She's dead. Poor woman. The house doctor, this day and age, the house doctor was kind believed a lot of a person's health was related to psychological well-being. So the house doctor's like, holy fuck, don't tell Andy his mom just died. He's dealing with typhoid. The shock might fucking kill him. Oh. The house doctor's like, Shh, oh, fuck, don't, don't tell him. <laughs> don't tell him his mom died in the next room. And then the servants were just like, all right, we'll, we'll let her stay in the room. And then, you know, after a while, she starts fucking stinking up the room, you know, because she's a fucking corpse. Mm-hmm. And the servants are just like, we got to get the morticians in here, man. She's fucking reeking up the joint, and I don't want to clean this up. And the doctor's like, all right, fine. But... I don't want the morticians in the house. Andy sees a mortician. He's going to know what's fucking up. So we're going to throw this bitch out the window. <laughs> yes! 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 <laughs> Get that idiot out! So Andy's what? mom, her corpse was unceremoniously thrown out of the window <laughs> to the waiting morticians. I, 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 I bet like they like raked up a pile of leaves threw her into it and then just picked her up she did a sick and flip yeah <laughs> yo what she hit what she hit when she came out of the window 720 yeah there you go <laughs> stuck the manual on the landing <laughs> so so that was the rigor mortis setting in the manual oh wow she hit the hit, hit the ground and then snapped up from the rigor mortis so <laughs> some accounts say she was respectfully loaded into a coffin bullshit and, and strapped to a pulley system and lowered 
to the waiting morticians, you know, outside the house. But the thing is, like Travis, I call bullshit on this because this attempt was done because the house doctor wanted to keep less commotion than two morticians tiptoeing in and dragging her off through the house. Yeah, they threw that bitch out the window. What, is she going to break her neck? Yeah, like building a pulley system, hoisting a coffin into the room, loading the corpse into the coffin. You didn't hear that shit? Like lowering it. He he would have, you know. But the the doctor's like, oh, we we did we did her respectfully. There's no way that would have made less noise than tiptoeing her out <laughs> yeah. the front door. They timed a cough, like they had someone by the window where Andy's <laughs> in bed. They're just like, Andy, uh, looking. He's looking at the window and he's just like, Andy, uh, how are you feeling today? Looking over her shoulder as the mother's pushing out outside the window. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you're feeling much better today. And oh. <laughs> What was that? Oh, I I coughed up a a goddamn lung, sir. But I'm fine now. I've got three more. I'm a doctor. That that wasn't your mother hitting the bottom your courtyard or whatever the fuck you're doing. Yeah. So it would have been way less conspicuous to tiptoe her the corpse out rather than building a fucking pulley in a tree. No, they threw that bitch out the window. Andy presumably has his own window and would notice a fucking pulley system. And his mother flopping onto the floor. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt again, but they should have just hired Italians to do it. Why is that, Tom? They're quiet as hell. Well, no, they could have just, a couple Italians walked in, walked past Andy's room, just be like, hey, we're just bringing this new rug that your mom wanted to replace her old rug. (laughs) And then they just wrap her up in a rug and say, have a nice day, sir. We're going to remove this old rug for you. (laughs) <laughs> and your mom's slippers hanging out the side of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, his slippers, his slippers need to be replaced. They're too stinky. You know that because you so. probably had sex with her. Yeah, of course. His feet on the fucking rug. That's where you put your feet. <laughs> Have a good night, sir. Ninety so, percent sure that bitch was just thrown out the window. If his house doctor is shady enough to keep that truth from Andy, he's shady enough to keep the real truth from fucking history. I like him. So, yeah. I like that cut After of his week, jib. There you go. I like it. After a week, Andy was uh, feeling a little bit better and noticed the sounds of Scottish-accented, gurgly anguish had stopped coming from his mother's room. Is that my mother or a sheep giving birth? I can't tell. <laughs> so he's like, oh, where's my mom? And the doctor's like, oh, she's dead. We lowered her out of the window respectfully and andrew is fucking devastated he was a mama's boy he just lost his mom how will um, i get a date oh very good point tom um when I'm someone just, dies I, well hold on i'm just picturing him like the scene from um what what's the fucking movie not Lockstock. snatch like the scene from snatch he's just standing you know when he he burnt when his mom's fucking caravans on fire. Yeah, and he's just standing in front of like a pile of leaves with his mom just like tangled up in it, like from where they oh threw out God. the window. <laughs> and right. he's like, "Nah, Jesus!" And like groundskeeper Willie, who's not Scottish because they're Scottish, so he's like Spanish. He's like, "Can I move?" A plus. Good for you. Yeah. Um, 
Little known fact, when you were mama's boy, you, uh, you have a sixth extra tacked on uh, stage of grieving. The first five are normal. It goes, you know, it goes, it goes uh, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. But if you're a mama's boy and your mother just died, the, sticks, the sixth stage you experience is just rampant horniness. Because your lifelong cock blocker is six feet under. It's just like, yeah, I can fuck whoever I want now. Oh, this woman should have died a long time ago. Uh, yes, uh, I should have uh, killed her. <laughs> so, Would that be an Oedipus complex? It's like a reverse Oedipus complex. You think he was a virgin up until this point? I think so, because he had his first girlfriend at the age oh, of 45, yeah. Mike. He wanted that Oedipussy. He's a millionaire. Yeah. He'd be probably like, banging prostitutes or some shit. But his mother cock blocks him, and he's constantly around his mother. Uh, mm. So, um, I don't know if this is a Freudian double entendres at work, but his first letter, uh, after, well, not his first, he probably did business letters, but his first personal letter after his mother died was to Louise, you know, the bitch half his age. And he wrote, today I am now wholly yours. I live in you now till death. That's creepy. That dude yeah. installed Tinder the day he saw her fall oh, out yeah. the fucking window. Yeah. You got like, it. Yeah. You know. Well, it sounds like mom hitting the ground. Better start glasses. <laughs> Better shave yeah, my balls. <laughs> Swipe right. <laughs> yeah. So, 1886, a 51-year-old Andy married a 30-year-old Louise. And nice. they went on a Scottish honeymoon. So, like, even though he, uh, Louise was sandbagged from the first Scottish trip. And he was just like, I'm rich enough to take you again, bitch. <laughs> Look at this. Suck my money cock. I'm sure Dude, she what did. Is a, I mean, that's a pretty shitty place to go for a honeymoon, right? No, I don't know. I'd like it. I mean, they it's got Scottish Scotland. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's not the know. most like, I feel like they wouldn't pitch you that if you were going into like a travel agency. Like, yeah, go to Scotland no. for your wedding. Well, that's that's probably one of those. That'd be cool wearing a kilt. Have you guys not heard of Sandals Scotland? No. <laughs> they have one there? Yeah, you go to Sandal, Scotland. It's not on a beach, kind of. It's just like on a hill. Yeah. It's not even a mountain, really, because it's still a sandals. Fog. So what it's just a hill. And they put some. <laughs> you you live in a brick building. What do you do all day? It looks like, like a school. And there. You, f- the, you play uh, golf. They just. The, they'll, haggis they'll let you, yeah, they'll let you eat off. as much haggis as po- possible. <laughs> um, it's sad. Well, <laughs> check it out, I think. Wait, what's at the? What, how, I mean, I know at Sandals you can drink booze for free. What are you drinking at the Scottish Sandals? You're not really drinking. You're just trying to survive the cold weather. <laughs> they have water there. You you get a high from just being there. Oh, okay, cool. Yes, you get a survivor's and, high. Yeah, and a free shot of heroin with every uh, spa treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the toilets come pre diarrheaed. <laughs> thoughtful. Wow, look at that. Oh, it's nice. a turndown service. So let's step out of Andy's personal life just a little bit and rewind and take the temperature of the labor scene. It's not fucking good. Uh, Technology and corporate greed is pushing workers into unemployment and poverty. Riots are happening. Rail workers are burning stations down and train cars down. There is one or two bombings, actually. Uh, Police are shooting at uh, protests and strikes. Sounds familiar. Weird. Weird. Right, guys? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So... Carnegie is a public figure in this weird gray area. He's a fat cat capitalist, but costs, but he cut costs of the workers at the workers' expense. He's touting this American dream of working hard and becoming successful just like him. And 
he's doing this fa- phony like pro union uh, facade on the surface. Yeah, it helps. He he even proposes for an eleventh commandment to be added to the original ten: "Thou shalt not take thy neighbor's job." Oh, like what? Oh, take jobs all the fucking time, you asshole. Oh, well, like just when he was like, "Hey, guess what? You shouldn't uh, buy this guy's product until I buy it." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's also just like, fuck pay raises. How about a broom, motherfucker? Yeah! Still yeah. on the broom kick. My mom's dead. Woo! Who wants a broom? You gotta work for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. How old is he, by the way, at this point? Uh, Late 40s. Late 40s? Okay. Because he gets married when he's 45. Um, So he's, he's kind of doing this fake pro-union thing. Andy's business partner, the man named Frick, hates this. He's like, don't. Fucking show sympathy for these labor assholes. And uh, Frick was that type of guy that would fire scores of striking coke workers and hire fo- hire in the foreign scabs. Mm. So, and, and, and another thing Frick liked to do was play financial chicken with his workers. He's like, oh, you're striking? How about I shut the fucking plant down? Let's see who gets hungry first. You guys who live pay to ch- paycheck to paycheck, or me who has 18 turkeys, like, you know, frozen. Yeah, I'm keeping frozen with advanced technologies like this, no this block it's of magic. ice. <laughs> yeah. So Andy sees Frick trying to sweat out le- like Coke laborers, you know, the people that cook Coke. But uh, Cody. Andy doesn't like. Yeah. Are we talking Breaking Bad? I just I, no, bla- I blacked out for a while. He did. That's I noticed. That's not Coke cookers. That's meth teachers. Yeah, oh, meth, meth teachers, teachers. okay. You cook meth. But you do cook this type of coke, the fuel. And Carnegie, Carnegie sees Frick, like, you know what I mean, like, playing chicken with his coke workers. Mm-hmm. And Carnegie's like, dude, I, I need that coke for the steel stuff. You play nice with your workers right fucking now. I own majority of your coke works. So he kind of, like, does, like, the, the corporate thing, majority corporate thing, and bullies Frick into playing nice and conceding to the laborers. So... We would, kind of, yeah, like, he's kind of like, we would replace you with robots, but right now, the technology's not quite there yet. Yeah, so we need yeah. you to make yeah. Coke. I need to put the Coke up my nose for the steel. Yes, I'm so, sorry, our, okay. our Chuck E. Cheese animatics are still not <laughs> ready to do what you're doing yet. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, we yeah. must build advance enough to where the parents love to come to Chuck E. Cheese. Because there's mm-hmm. animatronics that will sexually please them while their kids wow. are having fun and eating pizza. Man, I thought that was the shit we get in 2020, but here we are. Chucky the Cheese, uh, Henrietta the, the Heifer, and all the other friends. and, and uh, Grimace, right? Uh, yeah. And Blowy, and Blowy the, the Waste High Machine. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Billy. Palacio. Yeah, Billy, we can go to fucking Chuck E. Cheese again. I really need to go to Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, I could buy you extra fucking coupons for the arcades. Uh, we got to go. We got to <laughs> go today because I don't like your, your mother. How many Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> tokens for the blowjob machine? At least 10. Back then, at least wow. 10. Wow. That's a lot. Wow. The mortgage. So Andy tells Frick to play nice with his coke workers, but the same thing isn't true when the shit show starts happening on Andy's doorstep. The metal workers are just like, we hate this. And Andy's just like, well, I'm closing the plant and hiding out in New York. Bye. Mm-hmm. So he turns tail, hide, you know, 
lays low in his New York City hotel suite. But, you know, the union heads catch up to him, like knock on his hotel room door and just like, hey, man, you really can't ghost guys on your payroll. You got to, like, come to terms with them either way. You can't hide. Are you you sure this wasn't a friendly, like, 1950s um, doorman? Like a Louis Armstrong guy? Hey, Andy, (laughs) how you doing today? I noticed you got your broom in your hand. You look pretty sad. Maybe you got to go back to that factory and figure it out out with them folks. Yeah, exactly. That's probably how (laughs) it was in the 19... 60s adaptation of Carnegie. Or yeah, something. there you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> Carnegie was a tolerant man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Union chases Andy down. He's like, "Yo, go talk to the guys. You owe them that much at least." And Andy's like, oh, "Fine." So he has this, you know, huge meeting. This whole like, what's the word? I want to. I don't even know the word. It's just like this airing of grievances. You know, mill wide. It's just like everyone's there, and Andy is just like tell me what's upsetting you and one of the workers starts a sentence with mr carnegie take my job for example and carnegie interrupts and heroically barks mr carnegie takes no man's job haha it's a fucking joke ah it's a joke oh, and it really defeats it's, a joke. it's very belittling it's a bald-faced lie he takes everyone's fucking job yeah and, and also he's that he does. like yeah i wouldn't fucking do that job right tom like that's what you're saying like it's belittling yeah Exactly. I, I don't take any jobs. Well, that's yeah, that's right in one sense, in the terrible way. Yeah, like uh, I would, it. I would never fight for a steel broom that's been passed to hundreds of men already. I'm not doing that. It's gross. Probably oh. STDs on it. Yeah, yeah I'll Amazon my own, please. That's been comes with surgical steel. Mm. Yeah. Hot. So. These dumbfuck laborers attending the meeting are charmed by this witticism. That's they're not witty. It's it. not witty. It's not, but they fell for it. And they're like, oh, this, our boss is an okay guy. He is, can make a joke. This is Travis, Travis, you're getting mad at people who are just coming to the realization as to what a knock-knock joke was. <laughs> still, this, this was going really far for them at the time. Knock-knock, well, who's there? Are, well, are, aren't who? Aren't you going to say that? What is it even, even an orange? <laughs> I've only heard of them in stories. This is a great way of telling tales. <laughs> <laughs> you're so true, Tom. I was just going to say, like, one of the reasons why when you're in studying history, it's not funny is because no one had a sense of humor back then. No. Because it was go to work, get your steel broom. That's hilarious. Don't die. Sorry, Don't die. Back then. Yeah. Unless you're like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what you'd be doing. They'd be happy being active um, back then. The, the only thing they saw like, funny if someone like severely injured themselves in the factory oh, yeah. and then the, you know the ex oh oh d- darny ratties and just like we never heard that one before. <laughs> Get a look of one-handed <laughs> Joe here. Everyone stops what they're doing. The fire gets a little cooler yeah. for a second. Everyone starts laughing, letting off steam. No pun intended. They're yeah. just going. Ah. Need one of those. Donny Raddies will yeah. never work again, and his family will all go hungry. <laughs> Dear, I've just come home from this. I don't know why I'm speaking like this because I live in Pittsburgh. But I would. I must tell you what happened <laughs> yes. at work. You remember Henry, my friend? Ooh, he's not my friend anymore. He doesn't have an arm. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be terrible to be seen yeah. with. <laughs> but the way he said it, his arm was gone. One minute, next minute, owie, owie, mother Christ. <laughs> Never heard that compilation of words before. One of the finest jokes I've ever heard. 
<laughs> this child is probably starving right now. Maybe someday, someday soon, when we have a dream, he will become a comedian. Yes. And, uh, well, good thing, one thing he's got going for him, uh, it wasn't Andrew Carnegie who took his job. It was the job that took his arm. Oh, a joke! <laughs> you see, I've done it again. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Funny, funny. Cheers. Orange. Have you heard of oranges? <laughs> uh, wow. That's just psychotic. Yeah. So, Andy, like, quells the uprising with this shit dad joke, literally. Everyone's like, oh, he's funny. This is great. And to sweeten up, and, and to sweeten the deal and bury the hatchet officially, Andy does his usual thing and just pays the 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 braddock workers with a fucking library he's like here's a library shut up shut the fuck up about your labor none of them can read yeah okay, i put, I put a library, library here so your grandkids can work at dairy queen sound good here's the thing about the library here's the thing about the library gentlemen the it was called the carnegie free library of braddock it featured a theater, a swimming pool, oh. bowling alleys, and a gym. Dude, like so he fun. made a fun zone for them. Oh, six yes. books. All right, six that's books. smart, then. That's smart. No one needs Man. books when you can't read. Can you read. imagine reading in a fucking library with a bowling alley on the second floor? <laughs> reading in the pool. <laughs> yeah. My, Mike, I mean... No, it's not really a library. Imagine that. Mom, like, I'm what? bored. All bored. right, kids, I got something for you to do. Let's go to the library. I want to go. Everyone bring their library card. It's like a reward card at Chuck E. Cheese's. I'll be over there at the waist height blow machine. Nice. <laughs> so this is like Andy's way. This is Andy. If Andy was a squid, libraries would it would be his ink shot. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you criticizing me too much? Have a library. Well, he's, he's a man, so he's got a cum shot. So yeah, there you go. I like bowling alley pizza. It's just so good. I'd be all over these libraries. <laughs> Can we start the episode with that? <laughs> uh, you know what I'm talking about. That bowling alley pizza fucking... It's, it's like a different kind of pizza. It fucking slaps, right, you Mike? You feel terrible the next day. and You, you <laughs> eat the pizza, and then you go and you put your hand in the fucking ball. Everyone's sharing the same ball. There's always that one guy that takes your fucking ball. He's got to use the same ball as you. My hands are all greasy, and his hands are greasy, and the thing is, so and you kill a toddler. <laughs> oh my god, I hate that, but the pizza's so fucking good. Hey man, <laughs> you have little screens in these libraries with the pins, like doing all crazy shit when you get strike. <laughs> Shows like a bowling ball doing a rail of coke explodes. Oh yeah! Like, uh, oh my god! <laughs> I love that. Holy cool library though. Yeah, it's a great. Job, it's a great library. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I don't have anything. No, I can't disagree with you. Like, just, we'll, just, we'll just end it here, man. Yeah. <laughs> so. How do I do this now? Um, <laughs> the other Carnegie steel mill, steel mill was called Homestead, and Homestead seals Braddock in a fucking library that has a swimming pool and bowling alley. And Homestead is like, "Fuck, can we get one of those? That's fucking awesome! I want to get a greasy bowling ball <laughs> shared between my friends." 
And Andy stipulates he will gladly erect a similar library if the people of Homestead, quote unquote, become his partners. Oof. Exact words. I hate that. And very loose language, but everyone in uh, Homestead is already employed by Andrew. And they're just like, yeah, we're already your employees. We'll, we'll be your partners, man. Unbeknownst to like the Homesteaders, Andy's limp language meant when I say becoming a partner, I mean you're not going to fuck with the unions. That's what he was meaning when he said, uh, become my partner. He was like, stop fucking with the unions and deal with me without, you know, anyone, without arbitration, essentially. Come to me as a friend and, and a, a decent bowler. Um, 1892, the Homestead contract would be up for renewal, but it wouldn't be Andy in the seat that calls the shots. It would actually be Frick, because Andy, at this point in his life, just can't be found. He's taking trips to the Scottish Highlands, and he's like, oh, frick, deal with these, deal with this rabble while I go fishing in the Highlands. Mm. And uh, just so you know, Frick is on a fucking power high right now, because the, the, the foreign scabs he just hired started to strike themselves, so he fired those guys and hired even more foreign scabs, Italians, to um, take over their job. And- guys, guys, we'd love to have you Italians here. Please leave your rugs at home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, are you guys coming over here with any of that sweet flour you put together in into tubes or long strips? Because I'd like that. But other than that, other than that, you guys could just stay away. Excuse my accent, Mister Frika. <laughs> I have spaghetti in my pockets for you. <laughs> That's all I'm talking about. Hired. Thank you. Hired. And on the Would you yes, like to work hired. in our bowling alley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could be a partner pin. You ever heard of pizza? <laughs> Have you ever been on the other end of a bowling alley? I don't know how you set the pins up and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Set it up with your little Italian hands. Just like bricks, like masonry. Yeah, they, yeah, well, they all have real small hands. I will say that. Oh, well, I can't. I don't know a single Italian person, so I can't. Confirm or deny that. Yeah, me neither. Wow. Weird. I think they're extinct. Anyway, <laughs> um, to make sure these Italian scabs wouldn't get too uppity or people would fuck with them, you know what I mean? Like, possibly disgruntled ex- ex-scabs, uh, Frick hired the lovely, lovely Pinkertons to watch these Italians' backs. And who knows something about Pinkertons? Oh, I know so much about Are they Pinkertons. they like cops? What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What game is that cops, from? Mike. They're called Pinkerton. Is that called uh, uh, Dishonor? Something like that. They're called like Pinkertons. I don't know. Uh, Sorry. Oh, I know they're in Red Dead Redemption. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. they're in Bioshock Infinite yeah. too. Yeah. So a I think pi- Booker DeWitt a, is a, a Pinkerton Yieldy is uh, a Pinkerton is a private policeman. Or a detective. Yes, they're marketed like detectives, though. Yes. Detectives with guns, and mm. it's really weird. That have martial law. Yeah. Like, they will just, you hire these guys. It's like Dog the Bounty Hunter, but he can kill you instead of tase you and then piss on you. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd prefer uh, tasing and pissing before dying. Yeah, right? Um, the, the motto of the Pinkertons are, we never sleep. So, ooh. That's ominous. That's mad. Yeah. That's a lot of Kansas. I know. <laughs> I know right now, um, and I'm not. I don't want to get into because it's not a political podcast. 
But a lot of people are talking about defunding the police. When you defund kind of... the police, you mm. might have Pinkertons. And we don't or want military police. Yeah, or or military police. So mm. I think police suck. I'm with you there, but I think Pinkertons are worse. I, and I think military police are worse than those two. Yeah. You know who I so I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. They all suck. I'm just saying that like yeah, Pinkertons. Gross. Yeah, those are scary Pinkertons. Well, at least we don't live in the Middle East. <laughs> yep. I think that's how you could answer all life's problems. Yeah. Like, oh damn, my internet cut out for five seconds. Well, at least I don't live in the Middle East. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Good. That's, that's oh, a nice. The that's the 2020 version of Glass Half Full. Yeah. yeah. The Call of Duty <laughs> servers are down. Well, at least I don't live in Call of Duty. Yeah, right. <laughs> Shit. That's the name of that country. Yeah. So with the Pinkertons hired, this is the perfect storm of corporations and unions beginning to unfold. Business owners think they own the business, and the business includes the jobs that, you know, are included. Wow, I'm drunk. Um, however, laborers are like, no, the jobs are ours. That's why the established verbiage is my occupation is a steelworker. I have that job. Mm. So it would, be to abs- it would be absurd to say the inverse of that. Uh, a job has me. You know what I mean? We yeah. don't say that. That's stupid. So we have the jobs. Stop arguing that point. Now, to keep his face and reputation intact, Andy decides to go on one of these Scottish vacations again, uh, and he leaves the Satan bastard frick in charge to, you know, renew the contract and all that. And he, he intentionally vacations to a spot where he knows there's no telegrams. You know what I mean? Like the fucking cabin way up, you know what I mean, on the Highlander set in Scotland. Yeah. He's a fucking coward. Mm. He's there, like, when there's a library to donate or a concession for the unions, he's front row and then Sunday best. But when there's, like, an uprising brewing, he's just going to Scotland. Sorry, it was um, 7-Eleven day. So, uh, free Slurpee. That's valid. So, something kind of tells me that his most famous place might have been one of these. My history predicting. Or am I wrong? What are you doing? What? Going on? Carnegie Hall is that also a concession? Yeah, it's New York. It's later, and it has, it's not a library, so there's no bowling alley. All right, never mind. But yes, that is that is fucking Carnegie Hall. It is of Andrew Carnegie? No, I know, but I was saying, was that like a concession that he made to his workers? Like, I'll make this great music hall. Most of this shit is most of his philanthropy, if you want to call it that, stems out from his later life when he was plagued with the guilt of what he's done. Okay. So, like, wow. age 70, he actually does all this philanthropy. He even sets up an organization to be philanthropic after he dies, the, mm. the Carnegie Association. And he even does, like, world peace things, as we'll see just before That's he dies. Okay. Good guy. It's hilarious. It, it, mm, if you're an asshole for half your life, and then, or, you know, 80% of your life, and then you, you, you wise up for, like, the last four years of your life, Mike. Hey, hey, at least he, hey. he turned around the turned the corner. Library. Well, he's already doing the library bowling alley thing now, so it's just like, but whatever. Uh, okay. yeah. But yes, I can't. Yeah, I, yes. I can't, he, I can't he, judge he, a man who puts bowling alleys. He's a good guy. I like him out there for the people. You know, Mike. This is Rose Martin. We only do assholes. Oh yeah. 
He's the inventor of AMF bowling alleys. And pizza. Anyway. From the safety of the UK, Andy wrote to Frick, we approve of anything you do. We are with you to the end. So he's kind of giving him free reign to do, to do his Frickly things. And in 1892, Frick the Bastard built a three-mile-long, 11-foot-high fence around the Homestead plant, shutting out the workers. And on <laughs> June 25th, Frick announced Homestead management would only negotiate contract renewal one-on-one with the workers, no union reps involved. So it's just like, we're not dealing with the unions, fuck that. You want work, you come to us as a man, not as a man of a union. Damn. So the unions are like, that's bullshit. They try to get, you know, a hold of Carnegie, and he's just like, ah, no telegrams up here. All I got is Scottish fog. Go away. And Frick proceeds to lock out a thousand workers from the plant, and the remainder of the workers who, you know, did the one-on-one no-union contract see their brothers get locked out, and they go on strike. So the entire plant is down. Dude, I mean, all right. So, I mean, your job's important. Right. And like, if yeah, you, I'm a podcaster. Yeah. If you we work, almost get paid we, doing it, we almost get paid, right? Like, we can go on, like, we can say, we can go on strike. We get pizza. But like, but like, if you're working with your friends, right? Like, these are like, if you think of, like, I don't know, the Flintstones, Barney well, Rubble sure. and Fred Flintstone work together at the gravel pit. And then all of a sudden, this guy's like, you can't be friends no more because this guy doesn't like it. You gotta strike. That's how yeah, I'd strike that. economics works. If I was Fred and Mr. Slate said Barney couldn't work, I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. Well, Travis, I gotta say, um, I think you're really onto something. You need your friends, you know? You need the people you can rely on. Look at guys, like famous workers like Jared from Subway with all the young people. <laughs> he, he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> He made He's a paragon, he, and he was persecuted for how much he, how friendly he was. You're seeing his right. pants. That's true. Well, like, look at someone that so owned... many young men in there. <laughs> yeah, take him out with him. He was actually never fat. He just like hugged a bunch of young children. Just kids <laughs> stuffed in his pants and shirt at all times, yeah. <laughs> sucking on his skin. Here's here's the. <laughs> 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 Come. Here's the moral of the story. Don't be a <laughs> don't be a Bill Gates, because all that you're going to be left with is the Bill and Melinda Foundation, which is like, please be my friend. There's people dying, and I'm a good person. Yeah, there you go. My 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 operating system is all right. Thanks for being on the team. Yeah, the team. Please yeah. suck my skin until I have a large <laughs> fupa. <laughs> Well, let's see if we can get grosser from there. <laughs> anyway, Frick planned to fire everyone who was locked out or striking and, you know, do his usual thing of, like, I'm going to hire foreign scabs. But the thing is, they, the, the strikers breached the perimeter of that gate and occupied the steel mill. Oh, and they took it over? The, they took it over because they believed it was partially theirs. Yeah. It was a house they made. You know what I mean? They... Without them, and, and they were they, told they, they were that they were partners. Yeah, they were told they were partners. And the thing is, there's this confusion of <clears throat> I built this house; these furnaces are partially mine because my work made them possible. Yeah, to be here, I my work partially paid for it. 
And the thing is, back in the day, it, it, it seems way off to you and me right now in 2020, no, but back in the day, before this, yeah. before this industrial shit, a blacksmith owned his tools, yeah. owned his furnace. Cody. So these steel workers think they own the furnaces and tools. Yeah. Cody, you're getting me all teary-head right now. This is mm-hmm. how the world should be. I'm, I'm fucking socialist from this goddamn episode. God damn it. <laughs> well, so anyway, uh, Frick hates this, and he employs the sheriff and Pinkertons to recover and protect the homestead meals. He's like, I got all this rabble, you know what I mean, squatting in the fucking steelworks, go flush them out. So, July 6th, 1892, war over homestead escalated. Via tugboats, Pinkertons landed just before dawn, armed with pistols and rifles. Steelworkers gathered at the docks to prevent them landing. History is unsure of who took the first shot, but a 14-hour shootout ensued. Whoa! Yeah, it's fucking entire day ordeal. Steel workers crashed a burning freight car into the barges to sink them. They dynamited the docks to hinder any incoming reinforcements. They leaked oil into the river and set it on fire to stop the escape. Wow. So, you know you pissed fuckers off when they burn a river. Goddamn. Well, these fucking pieces of shit Pinkerton just came to your hometown, the place that you built... I mean, this is America, yep. like, right? Like, wh- when you could just build something somewhere. Right, right. as so opposed these... to the, the modern-day America where you can't build something because there's too many regulations. You need permits, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, because it's like, oh, I built something. It's like, no, you moved into a strip mall. Uh... <laughs> yeah. And but... by the way, like, all of these steel mill workers have that brotherhood mentality because that's yeah. what Carnegie and Frick wanted them to buy into. So these pieces of shit come in here, and they're just like, uh, you better do what these rich guys say. And yeah, fuck, they're going to fucking fight for their their right to party, as the BC boys And they're going to think they're in the right. They don't think they're doing anything wrong. Well, they're, they're not. They're not the insurgency. They're the, they're the, they're the protectors of, like, their home. They, yeah. yeah. They, they are. They're doing everything fine. So, fuck those people. Fuck them. It's like fuck the Pinkertons, not technically fuck the police, fuck the private police. There yeah, you. same acronym. And, and 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 fuck, or rather, to be a little more PG, frick, frick. Oh, very <laughs> frick, good, frick. Sir. So, <laughs> after much chaos and heated exchange, the Pinkertons surrendered around 4 p.m. Three Pinkertons were dead. Nine strikers were dead. Union leaders after promised after 14 Pink- hours. That's it. Yeah, guns they, out there, they're, they're bad, probably bolt action. Bad shot. Yeah, and I'm I, but, I uh, am damn sure the same way that the, the steel workers thought that the tools were theirs. Those Pinkertons went in and found the bullets that were theirs and reused them. <laughs> yeah, grab them. So the union leaders promised Pinkertons a safe exit if they just fucking up and got out right now. You know what I mean? It's like you leave while you're limping and not dead. Um, this wasn't the case. Uh, the people of Homestead lined up to form a gauntlet for the retreating Pinkertons. Damn. So, like, imagine a Ford assembly line version of an angry mob. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> yeah, so, like, you're a Pinkerton trying to limp back, you know, for your retreat, but everyone's lined up to, like, punch you on your way out. <laughs> oh, my God. This like, is awesome. They're not stopping you from leaving because they want you out, but they'll, like, the first guy will, like, bash you over the head with a beer bottle. And you'll duck your head, and the second guy would, like, hit you in the fucking kidneys with a crowbar, and then you'd arch your back in pain. 
Well, and then like some little toddler will come up and hit you in the throat with a wiffle ball bat. Yeah, you're like you OJ Simpson for miles and, gun. and miles. Like you just keep getting hurt. <laughs> oh, 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 until you're out of the town. Yeah, yeah you're that's dead. exactly what happened. So rinse and repeat until you've made it through the entire mob and completed your retreat. This makes me feel proud to be American. This episode, Cody, this is a, yeah. the, the most proud it's I've good. been on the show. It's good feelings. Um, the homestead workers believed in their hearts they were in the right, and they thought at the end of this lynch mob, well, they're not being lynched, they thought at the end of this angry mob, there would be handcuffs waiting for the Pinkertons. But instead of that, the Pinkertons tattled on the National Guard, or not the National Guard, the Pennsylvania Militia, rather, and the Pennsylvania Militia, you know, a state-backed organization, not private police, show up to homestead and are like, you guys got a snot. All right, and now I'm not proud to be American. And suddenly the homestead strikers are just like, oh, man, we might have fucked up if the militia's here. And, you know, it's a fucking small army, the Pennsylvania militia. So they back down because they realize they might not be in the right. You know, they are in the right, but they might. They you you got to pick your authority. battles, you know, especially if they're yeah. legitimate battles. Yeah. With a, with a militia involved, no yeah. less. What are you so, doing over there, Mike? What, are you just giving sorry. that doggy uh, that Pucciaruno rub? Hard not to. Rubbing. There's a dog right next to you. It's the first time they've met each other in a while. Yeah. yeah. So, faithful to standard operating protocol, Frick sacks everyone and hires in foreign scabs. It's a shit show. Andy and Frick have successfully broken the steel union. It's an age of darkness for steel workers. And just so you know, this is a special, new, fresh hell of being fired. Metal workers back in the day, if you got fired, you still had your tools, you still had your place of business, and you probably still had a line of people willing to give you projects. Right. But now, you got fired, you lose your tools, you lose your furnaces, you lose your place of business, and it's a monopoly. You get fired from it, you're just not a metal worker anymore. You gotta fucking go be a sandwich artist at Subway or something. Well, that's how it is today. That's, that's how it exactly. is today. Like, this is... This yeah. broken system is still here. Like you it, just don't realize it. If you or, work at Subway, you're not keeping the sandwich shredder. You're not keeping the lettuce machine. Nope. Oh, that's what they think. <laughs> Dude, Mike, yeah. you're a Reese's Pieces you can, boy. You always take like those. They don't give a fuck. You need to take all that shit from those places. They, they just get new it's stuff. It's all fucking insured, right, Mike? Yeah, I mean, there you go. Man, I want to go into Mike's. Someone just took it. Yeah, Yo, Mike just has them. this collection of yellow-handled, dull-ass knives in his bedroom. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, they'll just get new ones every year. Mike is single-handedly reinventing the American worker. Under Fucking our nose. Yeah, it right here. Hand. Right here. This, you've heard it. We are, like we are a revolutionary podcast. Thanks to Mike. You guys are welcome. Thank you for your service. So, thanks for the union. Not going great. But before we close out, the hilarious crook Andrew Connergy is, I want to take a small, quick little detour and talk about his leisure time. You know what I mean? Like, we know he goes to the Highlands. We know he's, we, we know he's a library slinger. Yeah. It's all good. But specifically, I want to talk about how our boy Andrew and our boy Frick were members of a very distinct club, a fisherman's club called the South Fork Fishing Club. Ooh, and this oh. is a place. This is a place where rich fucks would just go get hammered, 
and try and kill fish, you know, Mar- in their spare time. Mar-a-Lago. Very good, Travis. This is <laughs> think of this as Mar-a-Lago of Pennsylvania. Okay. So, uh, South- so a lot more mosquitoes. A lot more mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> South Fork was a swanky fishing joint, and Frick was a founder, and Andy was a member. There's 60-ish of the richest fucks in Appalachia, all being uh, members of this club. And it was a lakeside joint, high in the hills, overlooking a bustling milling town called Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And there's a nearby dam to the club, overlooking, you know, Johnstown, keep that in mind. So it's are they the South Fork Dam. Are they overlooking Johnstown just to get boners? They are. It's kind of a bourgeois thing of like, we're higher than you because we can see your bald spots, motherfucker. <laughs> okay. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> I love a yeah, good Appalachian Think of it like joke. that. Uh, Appalachian, motherfucker. Oh, so, the fucking cucumbers are rising on the squirrels today, aren't they? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, good Appalachian rich man's joke. Yes, yes. I love it. It's good to own <laughs> land. Yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> the fishing club, the fishing club, because of interests here and there, buys something called the South Fork Dam. You know, they, they're rich. They can buy it outright. And as I said, uh, even though this club is made of 60-ish, five dozen of the richest fucks in Appalachia, they chose to repair the leaks on this dam with, I shit you not, straw and manure. <laughs> so every time this dam started leaking, they'd tell like the squire to like uh, shove poop in that hole with some straw, and we're out of good, Dutch boy finger. Even though, <laughs> get me some poopy. Exactly, <laughs> poopy, p- poopy. They needed and straw. flex seal. Now that's the king of Appalachia. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, what's wrong with there your you car? Go. Put flex seal on it. Your car's stupid. What's Phil r- Swift? What's wrong with your newborn? Put flex seal on it. And uh, my my newborn's brain is leaking. Can we treat it like a dam? <laughs> flex seal. The dirt. So a third party engineer named Fulton expects the dam and just loses his shit. The dam was bulging in the center and sagged in the middle. Emergency purge piping had been removed. The club had set up netting to keep the fish population consolidated in prime fishing spots. This netting also caught debris. And pretty much blocked up the emergency spillway. Oh. Oh. Like, this is an engineering disaster. And this guy named Fulton is just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> knock it all off. And the rich fucks of the South Fork Fishing Club were just like, nah, we like fishing. Yeah, but these are, these are smart rich people. They're smart. They're rich people. They don't give a... They're, they're, they're patching up dam leaks oh, oh. with poopy Also, the way you just described that dam... And all the fishing nets and stuff definitely sounds like a pair of Chris Angel's pants. Oh yeah, <laughs> a lot of bulging at the jeans. bottom, a little tight, you know, sagging in the yeah, middle. Exactly, it's a little net here keeping the fish in. Yeah, I mean, Chris Angel mm-hmm. really is the modern day Jesus Christ. I don't know if you've heard about that guy. I don't. You think he was Diesel it? or True Religion? I think he's a Diesel guy. Yeah, I guess he's Diesel. Yeah. Diesel, Both. Diesel, one on top diesel. of the other. Hands down, diesel, anyway. unanimous diesel? I see, yeah, diesel, yeah. Sure, right. South diesel, Pole. diesel, cross the board diesel. These rich fuckos were lazy asswipes. They were forced like animals to walk across the top of the dam to reach the opposite lake shore. You know, they're kind of using the top of the dam as a bridge, but they had to walk. 
Ain't nobody got fucking Walking time sucks. for that. Slow. So these 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 rich fuckos, Frick and Andy included, these two guys are part of this club. Demanded the dam be made wide enough for a horse-drawn carriage to be supported. I would like you know I would I mean? like to take a horse and buggy ride across the dam, as we call it. The I plan DM. on having I, I plan on having my feet removed sometime next September. So I'm going to need a way for a horse and his friends <laughs> to bring me across the way. Yes, because walking is for the poor. Yes, am I right? I need that so much that I'm going to have my feet stuffed and put on a wall, <laughs> or chemically peeled like Travis. Yes, I would love to keep all the skins and make a leather out of my feet, fungus boy. Did you make a mask out of your you have shit? A coin purse, dude. I kept like a pile of a it. Coin purse for a little oh. bit. Ew. Make it into a stick or something. <laughs> For some reason, the word pile just made me want to gag. Dude, chew on it. Tom, I say all you guys should do a foot peel, dude. You got baby boy feet like me. I don't want baby boy feet. Now, yeah. we'll do now I can give the best hand jobs with my feet. That's called a foot job. Yeah, you're you're oh. a baby boy. Foot I'm, hand I'm a man. jobs. I need, I need certain like animalistic attributes. I need hairy chest. I need a fucking feet I that feel. have padding like a wolf. I got like calluses him. on my my fucking toes. Yeah, I feel yeah, like Todd describes... or Mike, you better just use the baby foot foot cleanser and pe- sheath. Just get rid of it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Let's check it out. Maybe I feel like day. that perfectly describes roast mortem cast. We are the foot hand jobs of the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever you, know you think I mean? that is, we've got it. We're yours, baby. Patreon.com slash roast mortem cast. Anyway, instead of being responsible assholes and reinforcing and widening the dam, you know, just enough so a carriage can cross, these cheapskates just leveled the top of the dam off and tamped it down. You know what I mean? So instead of this, it was that mm-hmm. now, like way lower. Excuse, excuse me, the people at home, I'm, I'm, I'm gesticulating with my fingers like an idiot doing a podcast. Well, I mean... I, they lowered the dam and weakened it. I mean, it, I'm, I'm mainly saying this to you, Mike, and also, Tom, you've done some work with your dad. Um, rich people are the cheapest fucks in the world. How do you think they get rich? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I I'm mean, cheap I've, I've never really been in that type of, like, service the rich, like, give them blow, blowies. I have, but I have, I have, yeah. or I've, I've, I've been treated jobs. for herpes uh, diseases many times. <laughs> but they're so cheap, though, right? Like that's oh, they're yeah. very picky too. They, they cut corners. Yeah. Yep. Never like I, I, I don't know. Whenever I go out to a restaurant, I tip a, a great deal of, of money. I feel like a rich person's like, mm-hmm. oh, I can give you fucking fifty pence. I heard that's not even a currency we use here anymore. But uh, I'll give you 50 pounds. I made it a foreign currency to make it harder like, for you to additionally inconvenient. I heard that uh, uh, Don Cheadle is very cheap. So you say, it knows no. no race. It's just rich people. Rich people. Yeah. There you go. So these cheapskates lowered the dam, weakened it further, just so a horse-drawn carriage could fit over the top. And now comes the torrential very torrential storming stormy morning of may 31st 1889 much like an 80 year old that just discovered viagra the lake was swelling and rising at one inch per 10 minutes (laughs) nice one you're welcome now the mutilated and neglected south fork dam catastrophically burst around 3 10 p.m holy shit 
the flood picked up entire Johnstown houses and smashed them into splinters among a stone bridge further downstream. Oof. And those splinters promptly ignited and incinerated the trapped town folks within. Oh my god. The flood killed 2,209 Johnstonians. That's one-ninth of the entire population. Um, I there would were... say, boy, it is worth it for my horse and buggy ride. To my yes. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you expecting rich people to, to walk? My, to my yes. Pennsylvanian chateau. And I will need those nets to keep the prime fishing spots prime. I'm not going to cast twice to get a trout. Cody, we are going to take an extravagant adventure out into the hills of Appalachia to catch tilapia. The mm-hmm. uh, most... Not no, walking, tilapia though. is the most exquisite fish you will ever find, and Chilean sea bass is its cousin. Mm. Uh, tilapia is like the bottom the of your I? feet right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, hush, boy, where you will be carried off with the waters into northern, uh, northern uh, Russia. Russia. Can I get some rest there? Never. No, work in my mines, you stupid boy. <laughs> Uh, Johnstown Milling City, if you believe it. Oh, Andrew. Anyway, as I said, 2,209 Johnstonians dead, one-ninth of the population. 99 distinct families had zero survivors. So entire bloodlines just gone. Wiped out, wow. Wiped out. 124 fresh widows, 198 fresh widowers, 98 children, outright orphaned. Ugh, damn. And even one third of all of those dead never to this day identified. Why? Wow. Why couldn't that happen to the family in Duck Dynasty? That's all I got to ask. <laughs> they got waterproofing. Or right? or um, the people in Pond yeah, Stars. they were prepared. They mm-hmm. they believe in the Second Amendment. They could shoot at the, the water till it's not in their prom. yeah and quack at them. There you go. Get out of here. Quack. Quack at it. Quack. In the aftermath, there were coffins stacked man-high on the street, and because of physics, the tiny baby coffins had to be on top of everything as to not be bottom-heavy. Brutal. So, thousands slowly drowned, were crushed, or burned alive, all because because of 60-something rich fuckos up the hill not being bothered to walk to their favorite fishing spot. Litigation proceeded against the South Fork Fishing Club, but as I mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, that club is made of sixty of the wealthiest American tycoons and their lawyer friends. A grand total of zero point zero zero money was paid out in damages. The club had successfully argued the flood was an act of God. Damn. What penises? So this is the club Andy and Frick belong to. They're not directly responsible, but they're part of it. They're they're a cog in the shit show. You can do anything if you have money. Fucking crazy. There you go. You can kill a baby, Mike. You want to do that? No, I don't kill a baby. What are you doing baby. after the fucking show? Yeah, do you want to save a baby? Do you want to eat a baby's butt? <laughs> I, would, I would be. In... <laughs> mm. I've been drinking for a while. You can do whatever you want. You can <laughs> it's, eat it's a baby's fun. butt. <laughs> I would. So, do that. Andy, I, personally, that I don't have money. Secondly, if I did, probably wouldn't do that. Nah. People want to eat babies' buds is like a wealthy thing to do. <laughs> definitely, a lot it's like shark fin soup, Mike. Yeah. Nah, dude, I think Mike's on to something. I think this is how you become rich. Oh, uh, notice. Boy, I, boy, I'm here with the podcast. <laughs> I think, uh, Mike, how many scratchies did you get today? 
Scratches? What do you Little mean? Scratch cards. Scratchers. Lotteries did you play? Oh, I, I stopped doing them. Well, you're... oh, I got my mom one. She won fifteen bucks, and I paid. See, 10, there you so. go. You're investing in your in your lineage. This is smart. Yeah. The smart. Listen to Mike. Mike should I love it. That was a business move. Yeah, I mean, Robin so. Robin Hood, yeah. the application. I know you already guys already have a podcast, but if you want to get a real podcast, talk to Mike Regan. This man is smart. Oh yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. Good. I, yeah, I have some glasses. stock in uh Cheetos. I want to give Titanic. out the information. You'd have to pay me for that, but Okay. Well All thanks. Right. All right, it's it. it's Cheetos. <laughs> it's Cheetos. Don't worry. I know. I love it. So Andy and Frick are leeches of the labor class during business hours and inadvertent killers of them while on vacation. Uh, this rubbed Russian anarchist Alexander Berkman the wrong way, and uh, he didn't like uh, f- the cut of Frick's jib. Oh, yeah. Uh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So armed with a revolver and an improvised shiv. I don't know why I wrote that, because most shivs are improvised. If it wasn't improvised, it'd just be a fucking knife. Yeah, it's a little redundant uh, there. But yeah, yeah. I just realized it now. It's okay. Uh, Alexander Berkman burst into Frick's Pittsburgh, o- Pittsburgh office June 23rd, 1892. Alexander shot Frick in the neck twice Jeez. before his revolver was wrestled away by one of Frick's associates. Alexander then produced his shiv and proceeded to stab Frick four more times. So if he did heroes on this a- show... Um, this Russian man, hero. Mm-hmm. How, what do you think his unibrow was like? No, it was harsh. Thick. It was harsh. Yeah. Definitely thick. You ever see one of those unibrows that's so thick that the the actual part that we would it consider, looks like it's part of the hairline. Well, no, like, like the part that, that we would consider our normal brow is actually thinner than the yeah, part. Yeah, I know what you're talking it. about. Yeah. Oh, it's like a bell curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those ones are like, oh damn, like you don't want to say it like hits you hard. And you're yeah, like, yeah. That's like, dude, I'm like. I'm not getting on that bus. That guy's on the bus. When that unibrow asks to date your sister, you hook him up yeah, with that. You yeah. better. You better. He's wearing you Adidas sweatpants. And you better. Yeah. <laughs> and, he's, and he's eating baby's mm-hmm. butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when he bowls with a greasy hand, you just love that slide, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't mess with him. So, a carpenter who overheard the commotion storms the office. Said carpenter knocks Alex off of Frick and proceeds to pin him. The carpenter raises his hammer to deal the death blow to Alexander. When Frick croaks out, Stop! Leave him to the law. Oh, what a good boy. Damn it. Yeah. So Alex is immediately arrested. Doctors manage to plug up Frick's stab wounds. And before the doctors dig out the two bullets in Frick's throat, Frick vehemently protests to the anesthetic, stating he should not be intoxicated during business hours. Oh! Okay. Firstly, how is he alive, and what kind of gun did exactly. he use? He, Satan! Satan! Was this fucking Satan? Oh, was this a fuck. paintball He's gun? Satan. No, it was, it was a fucking handgun that a Russian... Anarchist uses every other person I've ever heard of getting shot in the throat by a Russian anarchist has not lived much longer. Yeah, how did this man just go? Fuck his (laughs) cockle. Yeah, yeah, he's He's screaming or some shit. I'm ninety percent sure this. I'm a hundred. I'm roughly one hundred percent sure this is safe. and he got stabbed too. He was stabbed. God damn it! He's got six holes in him. And that's not his natural hole. And he says no to the ether. 
Because he doesn't want to be drunk dumb. on business hours. Yeah, this guy's a pee-pee hole. So, Satan. <laughs> Satan. So, the doctors, without ether, pull out the two slugs in his throat. Gauze Frick up. You know, just, you know, just mummy him around the throat. And our boy finishes out his office hours. Really? Maybe they he, do go yes. home. Jesus Christ. He goes home at the normal time. The fucking sicko. He finishes, like, he's probably Satan. He gets shot twice. He gets stabbed twice. And then twice again. <laughs> like, he finishes the workday sober as a judge and holier than canonized Swiss cheese. Jesus. So, our boy Andy hears about this assassination and is just like, Hey, buddy! What's uh, going on? I heard you might be Satan or something. And Frick tells Andy to enjoy the rest of his vacation and he'll do what's necessary even if it kills him. Oh, uh, Bubby! Buddy! How you doing, buddy? Uh, here yeah. you are. You're hitting the nines, hitting the links. All right, all right. The nine millimeters. Uh, hitting the nine millimeters. Uh, how's your neck doing? <laughs> He's got I mean, I, I don't mean to, to possibly legitimately future predict, mm -hmm. but this might be a good role for Val Kilmer to play Oh, right look now. at that. <laughs> He's got the the hole in his neck. He's ready to go. Just needs one more. Yeah. yeah. Wait, does he so, have a trach? Yeah, he's traked up. Stoma. What? Really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, dude. Man Marnigan. Fucking Jim Morrison. He's traked. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's got a hole oh. there. Damn. This facade of Andy being a library-slinging champion of labor starts to peel away. The media has a field day branding him as a phony fraudster fakie. Uh, a congressman once called him the great arch sneak of our age. And I, I just love that. It sounds like a cool, like, Dark Souls boss name. Oh, yeah. Arch sneak Carnegie. Fuck it. Uh, some colonists do the math and reveal donating 10,000 libraries wouldn't begin to offset the evils perpetrated by Andy. <laughs> uh, the homestead fiasco left nearly 2,000 men out of their jobs and homes just in time for Christmas that year. Oh, so he's a Scrooge McDuck. He's a Scroogey McDuck. And more than that, Steelworkers Unions was so ruinously snapped in half, no one would try to unionize for Steelworkers for the next 45 years. Ooh. Ooh. So Gotta be tough. He broke it, and it stays broken for the better part of a half century. Holy mind. shit. My goodness. Uh, without regulations in place, Carnegie simply won. His cumulative milling operations would earn him three to four million dollars per year and that's 1900s millions of dollars Damn. So, so we're talking about a steven jobs or a yeah or a, that type of or a jeffrey bezos mm -hmm. but that was for carnegie the mills themselves were sitting on seven million dollars of surplus and usually when you know you have stockholders and you got a surplus you hand out dividends but the fucking wild like maniac andrew was he just said no to his stockholders and put that money back into the plants. So this is a prime example of capitalism gone haywire. Like, the first the workers stopped getting paid, then the management stopped getting paid, and now the stockholders themselves are not getting paid. Wow. Oh, you're not, even, only you're not even paying service to the people that own your company. Yeah. That's crazy. The only thing getting richer is the plant itself. Not the humans of the plant. The actual nuts and bolts of the plants are getting upgrades before the stockholders are getting paid out. Well, Dude, I mean, this is 
you know, the workers are getting richer in a sense, and it, it's in uh, their bowling skills, their AMF points. <laughs> They're seeing They're more CG animations than any other people in the world. <laughs> yeah. Are you yeah. saying that Andrew Carnegie is responsible for a bug's life? <laughs> no. Maybe. He's responsible for ants. Oh, that's If much, ants oh. was only done with numbers, this whole entire script was numbers. Mm. Yeah, numbers and numbers. Hey, uh, I'm Woody Allen. I'm CG. You could believe me. <laughs> I didn't rape my <laughs> cousin or have sex with my cousin. What? You ever no, hear? Daughter, have never. you ever heard, heard Woody Allen get mad? No. 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 Does he get mad? He gets real mad. <laughs> oh. Real mad. <laughs> Go find out, Mike. Go report back. You to just got to slap him enough time with bacon. <laughs> what is that? So, that drive me nuts, uh, With the unions broken and Carnegie being Carnegie, even the economy started getting imbalanced and fucky. You could buy a ton, a literal ton of fucking steel for 14 bucks. Wow. That's how much he drove the price down of steel. Now, that's about $420 current day equivalent, but still, that's not a lot. you can get a anything. ton of steel for... Yeah. You double that. You Let's say it's $900. There's not a ton of anything you can buy. I want maybe maybe tap water. That's about it. I would pay four hundred dollars for a ton of baby bell cheese, yeah, but yeah. I can't do that. I don't think you can. Four hundred dollars gets you a ton of anything except for tap water. <laughs> so it's fucking ridiculous. And that would be Detroit tap water too. Yeah. The stuff you have to throw out tap water. Yeah, just throw it out, Michigan, and stuff. you can't throw it right. out on the ground because that's polluting the groundwater. Can't do it. Yeah, you need to call EPA for that. Yeah. Uh, so. Though attained through uber-shite methods, low-cost steel is one of the things that, quote-unquote, makes America great. Um, America, as far as industry, beats out all of its closest countries in the same GDP ball field. You know what I mean? Like, mm. While we're making skyscrapers, countries of similar GDP are still making wooden bridges into their capital cities. Right. This is right. This is, so we're entering like the Gilded Age. Of oh, yeah. So amid all these gilded age steel sales, your average Joe wasn't making much of a paycheck. You know what I mean? The workers were laid off due to technological advances. There were no unions to look out for the small guy. A mill could turn a small mountain of iron into a skyscraper or a railroad, and the smelter would barely get paid enough to rent a house and keep a pantry stocked. And to make matters worse, Carnegie, Carnegie ensured no more pesky unions would manifest as he established a network of spies throughout his mills. Wow. If someone so much as mentioned organizing, they would instantly be sacked. Right. So capitalism has progressed since then. <laughs> to a point of ruin. To a point of ruin. But there are, we have checks and balances nowadays. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. So Just a tiny there's, little bit. there's certain things. I mean, I think thanks to technological advances um, and like mainly internet and interconnectivity of everyone. Um, there's things called, um, there's a fan called, there's a sign called, there's a site called fans only, only, I've heard of only it. fans. I'm sorry. All right, only I thought, fans. I thought you weren't going to have a joke there. And then I would have to refer to earlier in the episode when you said you believed in Santa Claus. Cause it's kind of the same thing. No, but I'm saying there's a way to make income outside of the capitalist system where all you need are your natural Body elements. You're natural. Doge. Yeah. 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 All you you need to do is show your fucking Muay Thai lady parts. 
and let it Ooh, go. Show yeah. your meat wallet. Yeah. Let it, uh, <laughs> I like that. Tie your balls up in a sack and call yourself a she, and we you got a billion. <laughs> yep. I'm yeah, just I'm saying, a, a make America the best it has been right now. Thank you, fans only. Again. Only fans. I can never say it right. So, I'm always dyslexic about it. It's weird. <laughs> Me too. Uh, so, uh, paranoia from corporate spies and unregulated workdays plunged Homestead into a dystopian hellscape. The wills of the steelworkers were so broken, most of them no longer spoke. Wow. It was once said, if you wish to have a conversation in Homestead, you should start talking to yourself. Sounds like a miserable place. It was a f- Holy shit. It was a fiery and polluted city, Mike, whose inhabitants were so fearful, exhausted, and mute, they were just one stage above a literal zombie. And I like to call these people pre-deads as opposed to undeads. Mm. Jeez. And so they came in, they sees... came in their pants and then they died. <laughs> no, they're pre-dead. <laughs> pre- well, they preed. They were they're lubed pre-dead. up, ready to go oh, for death. I see. Good, good job. Ready to go for death. Andy sees, Andy sees the droves of these pre-dead steel workers, and is just like, "Hey, I know what you guys could use: shiny new bowling library, right? What? You, you want a bowling library? Yeah, I love Fuck my Andy. bowling alley." Me, we I, want food. Me. Please give us bread or something we, we can eat. All right. Best I can do is bowling alley. I have these bowling alley library swimming pools. Um, you can rent. <laughs> there's three books there. None of you can read. What about <laughs> if I opened up an olive garden? Whoa. Oh, a yes, please. Hungry? Never ending? Hungry? Come on. Come on I think Soup. I need a breadstick. I've been eating steel for the past month. I'll give you breadstick. <laughs> Endless. Uh, they might be steel flavored, but they're mostly bread. I'll deal with that. Gee, Barbara, isn't this Olive Garden so great? I've read Twilight three times already at the library and bold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing real good. I just got a 110. <laughs> Yay. With the gutters off, mind you. (laughs) Which team are you? Team vampire or team werewolf? It makes sense. They say you got to bring your own shoes or you rent them there. But you know what I do? I put my socks over my converse. (laughs) Same thing. Wow, that's a... That's, that's head injury waiting. To Barbara, happen. here at the Olive Garden, we're cultured. We're in Italy, where they had the Roman Empire. Just like He's your fine wrong. Italian ancestors with your stones and shit and Notre Dame, same shit. Um, you gonna make now. steel for me? Eat gardens. Go to the pool. <laughs> make sure this you sound. You, I don't know. I don't know. What life in this town was. Life in this town sounds great. You go in a pool. Yeah. You go to Olive Garden. You bowl. I think and maybe read pool. Twilight. I hate the it. It sounds uh, good. It was good for the Olympic size, or is there like you get like five people? No, there was, it, it looked was, Olympic. It, it was small yeah. because they wanted the laps to be small. Uh, you know, like get back to work. Oh, uh, so they feel like they have big dick energy, even though it's just a kiddie pool. I swam thirty laps today in this eight foot pool. Now I have wow. to go back to work. Hey. Um, anyway, when Andy uh, donated this library, he was promptly booed off of the stage, which is hilarious because the homesteaders waited for him to build the library and then boo him off the stage. Nice. Yeah. It's clever. Fuck him. Um, Andy said um, if he was in charge of the homestead strike, this catastrophe would have been averted. But in reality, he was in charge of the homestead strike. He just 
delegated that shit to Frick. Right. So, I don't know. What the Frick? The year- <laughs> the oh, year- thanks, Travis. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I did it. The year is 19 double aught. Frick sees the steel industry booming, and Frick attempts to make more scratch for himself by raising the price of Coke. And he hates this. He fires Frick from the Carnegie Steel Board of Directors. And then he twists and fabricates the company bylaws and is more or less like, uh, we can't have a prominent shareholder not be on the board. Your shares are mine now. I'm buying you out. And Frick is just like, that sucks. Are you going to pay me market value for my price, well, my, my shares? And Andy's like, no. No, Frick, Frick, is, Frick is basically <laughs> no. like this. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's farting through his that's stoma. The, yeah, that's the sound of the two holes in his throat. <laughs> Imagine if he was just one of those guys with like no top of his head. You know, like one of those simple men. <laughs> yeah. He's got a well, he definitely has a buzz cut. Like he definitely has one of those flat tops, right? Mm-hmm. He's got the flat top and he's going Carnegie <laughs> And his wife is like, I think Carnegie, he says, I need more money. I need, I need him to money. stay home more often. You hear him how that man more vibrates? <laughs> Playing octopus. So, your boy Frick, Satan, probably Satan, is bullied out of his board spot and his Carnegie stock shares for the cheap. Presume, like, it's calculated he lost millions of dollars due to Landy's, Landy's, Andy's lowballing of his buyout. Enraged, Frick throws a punch at Andy. Fortunately for Andy, the swipe did not connect. But Andy, uh, being a rich fuckwad, was presumably confused at the maneuver because no one had dared violence on him in the last 50 years. Oh, my God. So he, he was just like, what the fuck was that? Was that one of the punches poor people throw at each other? How dare you, sir? As it Are happened, you- uh, anime freeze moment, all of a yeah. sudden reminded of his mother. Mother used to do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Wait, did, Black and white. Wait, did I miss something? Did he get married at all or no? Yeah, Louise, when his oh, mother Louise, died, he right. got super I, Yeah, no one ever... I mean, just, she just hasn't come up again. Yeah. She's just no, there she as will... a cum bucket. Imagine they have kids. One. Okay, yeah. so she, he came in her once. Yeah, he's not a virgin. He's no virgin, no virgin oh, Andy congrats. anymore. Congrats, Andy. Lost it around age 50. Great. <laughs> so, Real uh, winner. Andy and Here Frick. we go. Here's your American heroes, America. Capitalism. <laughs> Ain't no sins, but it's 49-year-old virgin. Yep. So, Andy and Frick would spar in the court of law. Frick sues Andy for the losses incurred when Andy lowballed him. And when you take it to law, like, all the fucking, you know, deep, dark, secret ledgers of Carnegie Steel comes into the public scope. And suddenly, it's case confirmed, Andy's a goddamn cheapskate, greedy fuck. Millions and millions of dollars, bullying people around, pocketing it, reinvesting it into the steelworks. Frick is awarded $31 million as a result. Wow. Wow. And the media just has a field day dragging Andy through the mud. So is this when he's like, sorry, guys, but you guys like music? You like hearing Weezer? You like Smash yeah. Mouth? You like Smash Mouth? I like Smash Mouth. I like All right. some of my favorites. Yes. Do you like this? Mm-hmm. I'm going to make something for you guys in New York City. It's called the Smash Mouth Arena. Mm-hmm. Bye. Oh. Would you Carnegie stop moving Hall. your goddamn mic around? It's nice. It adds. Is there to a the... library there? 
Always. Yeah, while I'm working out. It somehow made less noise when he wailed it around his room. Did you notice that? Yeah, I know. He was doing this. He's shaking it. He's doing a flashlight move. Dude, I'm just trying to... Empty cock coming out of his mouth. Ah! (laughs) God damn. Sorry, everyone at home. I have to do something. Zwick, you're doing it. Tom, Dude, thank uh, you, thank you for upgrading us all to these great microphones. I love how long it is. Yeah, mm. it's very valid. I can really stop work. doing that. You're freaking me out, Travis. <laughs> all right, freaking him out. So the media drags his name through the mud. Customers aren't really happy making a rich fuck richer. So Carnegie Steel shares fall off. Um, some fat cat named J.P. Morgan starts taking bites out of the steel. Monopoly. Oh, we're gonna touch you know that I mean? boy. You're gonna touch his tip. Touch that boy. Sometime. We're gonna touch that boy. A little bit right now, and a little bit in the future. Yeah. So J.P. Morgan starts taking away a little business from uh, Andy here and there. The pressure mounts. Andy's getting old. His reputation is sullied, and he's thinking about selling. Uh, J.P. Morgan has this underling named Charles Schwab. No relation to the current day business or CEO. Really. No. Wow. It's weird. It's weird. I, I, I looked into it. Uh, Schwab invites Andy for a good old 18 holes. And Carnegie, the fucking Scotsman he is, can't refuse a game of golf. So when you said 18 holes, that was 18 holes of poor women. Uh, no, not an orgy. The golf. No, this is, golf this is 18 about. holes of poor women. All right. All right. Back to only six women. Real history. Wow. <laughs> okay. Tom with a math. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm tired. I'm not funny anymore. I'm just thinking about numbers. So Schwab invites Andy for a little, little friendly romp of golf. Um, Louise, the wife, remember her? Yeah. She's, she wants Andy to stop being a fucking obsessive compulsive asshole with business. Mm-hmm. So Louise is like, you should lose to Andy before you make an offer. You know, so he's in a better mood and high spirits. So Schwab throws the game of golf, loses to Andy, and then pops the question on behalf of J.P. Morgan, just like, how much for Carnegie Steelworks? And Andy, you know, high on winning a golf game, is just like, I'll get back to you tomorrow. Andy shows up the next day with a slip of paper with a big old number on it. Big number is $480 million for the whole kitten caboodle. Sheesh. And Schwab takes this slip of paper back to JP, and without hesitation, JP Morgan outright accepts. Holy fuck. Mm. All right. So the two, J- JP and Andy, meet in person to shake hands on the deal, because this is what rich white guys do when they spend a lot of money. I have to touch like, your How palm. much is that back then? Yeah. $480 million. Well, $14 is $420. Holy fuck. Like, so. Yeah. So you're looking at a um, whole billion. Yeah, you're probably looking at about like like fifteen billion dollars. Holy fuck! Today's money. Yep. No, probably and more than that. Probably these... about twenty five billion. I think. Wow. It's it's a monopoly, Mike. This is for like all of the marbles, literally. Mm. Uh, so, there's no there's shaking... no marbles in Monopoly, by the way. For it's any barriers. of you who have played Monopoly, there's no marbles involved. That's sorry. I don't. Okay. Thanks, Travis. I'm not gonna fight him. I'm tired. Yeah. Anyway, um, as two rich white people do, the two shake hands, and Carnegie thinks to himself, "I should have asked you for a hundred million more dollars." And JP, without missing a beat, is you would have gotten it. Ha ha ha! Hold on, I'm gonna enter it. Four hundred and eighty million. I have the calculator right here. 
Oh, hold on. I need I need to actually put in my own commas because I'm drinking. I know how I do that money. I always forget you had to put commas in money sometimes and numbers. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> Are you kidding me? How much? Do it. It's twelve trillion dollars. That doesn't no. no. Really? Nineteen fourteen. Yeah. $12 million? Yeah, that turns into $12 trillion. Do you put too many zeros in there, Tom? No. I no, excuse me. I can't see it in my glasses. I, hold on. Wait, no, I'm retarded. Excuse me. It's $12 billion. Okay. $12 billion. No. Okay. No, that's, that's a trillion. Tr no. Hold on. What is this money? A million is I don't four. know numbers this big. Yeah, hold on. A million is not four. Um, can is. we phone a friend? Hello, Elon Musk. Can you tell me about it's how money? Seven hundred and fifty. Where I said seven hundred fifty-two, that would be the million. No, this is this is not the million. Oh, it's metric. What? Yeah, what? metric <laughs> dollars. Okay. <laughs> shops. Yeah, it's twelve billion dollars. All right, so that's all, all of right. you. It's more I, I have to shut the fuck up now. For no, so all of you Sorry. English listeners, this is why you guys say maths. Plural, and Americans say math mm -hmm. because we're a little, a little slow. Safe. We only know one we're math behind. Shut one up! Math. I'm, I'm taking plural. a huge fart right now. <laughs> All right, Cody, you good? Tell us about JP. So he's out of the game. He's retired, and the guilt sets in. And he finally gets around to those benevolent purposes he promised himself three decades ago. He goes philanthropy nuts. Library for you. Music hall for you, yada yada. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, do all the good deeds. Well, um, he's got twelve trillion dollars. Yeah, fucking spend on something. <laughs> yeah, why? Twelve not? trillion billion dollars. He's basically yeah. playing out the movie Big right now. Mm -hmm. You mean blank check? Uh, yeah, blank check. Yeah, Brian yeah, Bonsall. Andy even takes steps to cement world peace. He ingratiates himself to the Kaiser and funds a bunch of diplomatic talks between uh, European and American diplomats. He starts patting himself on the back for his, uh, you know, peacekeeping global efforts in his memoirs. And literally the day he sends off his memoirs to be published, World War One erupts in Europe. Nice. <laughs> so he's like, I've done great strides towards world peace. War immediately. Nice. Well, I think I mentioned them earlier on in the show, but, you know, Bill Gates, the Bill and Melinda fund, right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. now you hear about them in the news and they're like, this is how viruses work. But, like, Bill Gates what? is a penis. Like, he's a penis boy. Like, he sucks. He's yeah. a cat, dirty capitalist. But now he has now it. he has some fund that, like, helps African tribes or something. You know? And yeah. says he knows about viruses. And so, fuck him. And he, and he releases mosquitoes during TED Talks, apparently. Really? Really? Yeah, just to freak people out. And he's like... He's like, wouldn't these suck if they had malaria? And he just, like, lets mosquitoes go. And, you know, depending how much you freak out, you should donate to the anti-malaria. Well, he's party. a weenie well, boy. <laughs> it's better than fucking Steve Jobs throwing carrots at people, just pelting them. Everyone in the front row, <laughs> carrot in the face. Bag Bye, of man. carrot for you. You got a newborn child? Carrot. 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 Not an carrot. apple, though. He wasn't thinking. No, he, Carrots, Mike. No, he's a carrot guy. So, Wouldn't it make sense if you're doing um, a demo for Apple computers? You throw apples out to the crowd? No, he's like, this is what you're getting. Oh, carrot. Like, you get carrots. Carrot. Carrots, carrots, carrots. Apples. It's good for your eyes, maybe. <laughs> apples this way. 
And everyone's just like, oh, I'd much rather have an apple. <laughs> apple costs more. Carrots hurt. All right, <laughs> now, now for our comic relief of this Apple conference, Carrot Top. Carrot Top. <laughs> Excellent. Everyone leave. <laughs> oh, my God. So while he's on this peacekeeping high of his, he reaches out to Frick to attempt to bury the hatchet and asks him for a launch date together. Like their first one. Ooh. Instead of accepting the olivine, Frick retorts, "Tell Mister Carnegie I'll meet him. I'll meet him in hell. We're what? Where we are both going? Oh so, shit! Damn. Probably Satan. I see your point. Once again. Yeah. Now, really quickly, ask me how dead. Uh, how did Angelus Carnegie's dead? August eleventh, nineteen nineteen, aged eighty three. Andrew Carnegie of Dumfrieland unceremoniously dies thanks to pneumonia, the disease that got his mother. I don't know if he was thrown out of his window. Wow, that's a good question. Uh, he's Yeah, he's buried in Sleepy Hollow, New York. Oh, really? Oh, shit. Yeah, go, go, go say hi. So they chopped his head off first, and they put him on a horse? You got pumpkin head? Yeah. yeah. He's got yeah. pumpkin head. Get away from me, Ikatard. Ikatard. <laughs> Bane, you stupid idiot. You stupid, so, dumb John Depp. I don't care if you have he, sex with my wife. She's, more, she's like your age. Neither does she. <laughs> he unknowingly perpetrated unto others what originally displaced him from his birthplace of Scotland. The erosion of professions due to machines. He pilfered from the lower class while he worked. He accidentally killed the lower class when he was leisure fishing. He's an unparalleled mama's boy and slinger of libraries that had bowling alleys. Rest in Greece, Mr. Carnegie. I once fingered a girlfriend while seated in your New York City music hall. What? That is the bombshell of this Whoa. episode. Please explain, you, Cody. Cody. It happened. I was there. All right. That's all the explanation I need. Very nice. Thank uh, you so much, Cody. And Cody McCann fingered somebody in Carnegie Hall. I like how I said my girlfriend and you take it <laughs> so to somebody funny. just to make it ambiguous and opens up the dude the door for dude fingering. Yeah, well, I don't know. Got, you got long fingers. I don't know who if yo yo ma was playing. It doesn't yeah. matter. Cody, you might have been aiming for your girlfriend and missed the extra seat and you're up somebody. Yeah, and hit a guy two yeah, seats yeah. over. I'd be like he's like, Oh, I am not into this. I have a wife, but uh I'm married, sir. Yeah. <laughs> On All paper, right. I'm not into this. So uh, <laughs> give it down. And you're just you're there. You're there thinking, oh yeah, I'm fuck hell yeah, finger my girlfriend. He's like, oh, I don't know, I'm confused. So uh, here we go. This is how the world works. Capitalism is terrible. Everyone should love everyone and 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 mm -hmm. respect everyone's time. Get just along. because it was the way it was when you were born doesn't mean it can't use some fixing now. Well, yeah. I, I would like to say this. Um, you just can't let dummies run it. No, especially mama boy dummies. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because like, overall, like we just talked about this guy for three and a half hours, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, Personality-wise, he seems like the inside of a Lunchable. The bad, one, not the nachos or the pizzas. None of that. Bologna no, just like an one. old one. Yeah, yeah. Just, like very little personality. Yeah, you know, plain. I'm not getting much from yeah. him. So yeah, not even like fun, fun. You know, more like just gonna gonna ruin it. I respect <laughs> him on the bowling alleys. 
Michael, you're a young youngin. Would you call yeah. this man an incel? An incel. Lost it at fifty. Does an incel mean like a like a like a pansy? Yes. Involuntary celibate. Yeah. Oh, is that what it means? Involuntary. All right. Celibate. So we're younger than Mike. Mike is actually forty years old. Yeah, it's weird. Mike is right? very into Dave Matthews Band. I know he looks young and he does kick yeah. clips. I love. And him, my man. body falls Little apart. Band too. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Yeah. All right. We got we got to sign this episode out. Yeah. It was a long one. Cody, thank you so much for doing this research. Uh, ev- I'm a little drunk. Everyone, yeah. Congratulations for being able to drink again. Yeah, congrats. I'm dying. Mike, I'm glad hurts. you're back in our shared studio space. Oh, Travis, yeah, 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 so, uh, yes. thanks for some shit being here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am so high. Thanks for I having your feel feet him on. Yeah. Thanks for the feet. I yeah, so it, go to patreon.com slash roastmortemcast and give us some money. Because if you don't, then that's your choice, but it's... it's I'll be living exactly on the right one. Um, mm-hmm. We need a house, too. Anyway, goodbye. Thank you. Love you. Good night. You're the best. Uh, I'm so high, you could feel heaven. Depends on And now you could be a capitalist. Suck my penises. Don't need anything. AIDS. Thank you, Shane. AIDS. Bye, AIDS. Bye. Thank you. Watching some Johnny Sins porn the other day. Really? Um, I don't think I've ever seen a single scene with him. It's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> my problem is, is that my body and penis just look so much like him that <laughs> that's why I don't do that. My penis looks nothing like my his. penis. Looks. I mean, they're both equally huge, but I'm. I, I don't have a curve from, from the neck down. I'm identical I to that guy. It's the strangest thing. Ah, you should do that for a Halloween costume then. Johnny Sins you, cosplay. You just bick your fucking dome. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do- <laughs> I, uh, maybe I will. Yeah. Yeah, just get naked and bick your dome. It's like, hey, look, Mom, I'm Johnny Sins. <laughs> Mom, I'm Johnny Sins, bro. <laughs> uh, great Halloween. Good for trick-or-treating, too, when you knock off some random person. I'm totally doing that next Halloween. I'm going to be a big sausage pizza guy or something. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, trick-or-treat. I'm 33 years old. <laughs> Oh, you're not a woman. All right, have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> this is exhausting, Halloween. Yeah, the last four houses have been bad. Oh. <laughs>